Today's podcast is brought to you by Audible.com. Get a free audiobook download at www.audibletrial.com forward slash swoopsworld. Over 100,000 titles to choose from for your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 player. That's audibletrial, A-U-D-I-B-L-E-T-R-I-A-L.com forward slash swoopsworld. You're listening to the Talk Story Radio Network. Welcome to another edition of Swoops World, right here on the new Talk Story Radio Network. Swoops World, where you get all you need to know about arts, culture, news, and happiness. Our number, if you want to give us a call tonight, is 562-912-3444. You can always email us at swoopsworld at gmail.com, like us on Facebook, and follow us on Twitter. Once again, if you want to give us a call, that number is 562-912-3444. Now just sit back and enjoy Another edition of Swoops World on the new Talk Story Radio Network. Swoops World Late Night Wednesday July twenty second twenty ninth twenty You lost it. You lost a whole week there, man. I know. I did a typo. Man. <laughs> uh, July 29th, twenty fifteen. How's it going, Peter? It's going all right. Big night tonight. We got a couple guys here from Kelly Skater. How's it going, guys? Good. Good chance to chat with them, talk about them and their music and so whatnot. We got, uh, of course, Brewski's beer tasting. Yeah. AD will be calling him. We're talking to him a little sports, a lot of sports, and uh, of course, T Bone's timeout. So, full full night, man. How's your week? It's going all right. Yeah. Kids are uh, only got another month or so before they're back in school. You feel like you're caught the days like a convict, man. Totally. <laughs> totally. It's just agony, man. It's agony. But it's going all right. Just yeah. staying busy. My road, we did 25 miles, my son and I, on the bikes. So that was. Today? Yeah, man. It was nice. hot, man. It was. I was thinking about doing a long ride today. Blistering. and Blistering. Opted not to. Yeah. Now, we didn't get started. It wasn't really the plan. The plan was to ride over to the bank. We had to do. I opened up. I got him. Uh, he got paid his first. He's. I told you right. He's a professional musician now. He got paid his first dollars for for performing. Well, that was a couple of months ago. Well, yeah, but now we're actually getting that stuff in the bank. Ah. So I, he took him to open his uh, savings account. Ah. So this is his first, you know, savings account. So we had to go do all that, and then I was like, yeah, we'll go to lunch somewhere. And he's like, oh, I want to go to the attic. <laughs> I'm like that's nowhere near where we are. I, I know where you're at. Yeah, I'm like, it's like that, but that's where I said. Like, All right, as long as you're willing to ride there, then that's fine. So we did. So we ended up doing like 25, 26 miles. When I thought, what I thought we were going to do is about 10 miles. <laughs> <laughs> so we're doing this all through the heat. It was in that way. It was just poor planning. It was just. Uh, it was hot. It, yeah. was, it was hot enough. It was not as hot as it was about to be, but it was still hot enough to be riding on bikes. And uh, so yeah, did that. But it, it was good. It's a good day. Uh, I, I kind of, in that same vein, I thought about doing a ride today. Then I said, you know what? Tomorrow I'll do the loop. Mm. But I've been looking at the, I, I watched the forecast, and, and, and it just doesn't sound like it'll be any fun. It's supposed to be murder. Yeah, yeah. if you do it, you got to do it early. And like right Wednesday away. Wednesday night. I don't get up early on Thursday night. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, let's take our first break, come back, and uh, introduce our guys and uh, get this thing rolling. What do you say? Sounds good. You are listening to Swoops Road on the... I think you muted me. You're listening to Swoops Road on the Talk Story Radio Network, and uh, 
Let's see. You know what? We're going to play one from last week's band, Villa Avenue, and then we got there. We got a bunch of theirs to play later on in the show. This is Running in Circles. Back up to this. Sounds good.
Hey, how you doing? This is Joe Walsh. I'm speaking on behalf of Rad. It's okay to rock and roll, right? But don't drive home drunk. If you're drunk, call me up. I have a limo. I'll come and get you. Public service announcement brought to you by the U.S. Department of Transportation, RAD, the National Association of Broadcasters, and the Ad Council. Every day I wake up at 5 to give Dad his medicine. Every day I wake up at 5 to give Dad his medicine. At 6, I make his breakfast. Every day I wake up at 5 to give Dad his medicine. At 6, I make his breakfast. At 7, I shower. Every day I wake up For at those five. caring for a loved one, we hear you. That's why AARP created a community to help us better care for ourselves and the ones we love. Visit aarp.org caregiving. Brought to you by AARP and the Ad Council. You're listening to the Talk Story Radio Network. Hey, this is Sean Paul on the wall. You're listening to Welcome back to the show. This is uh, <laughs> we're live with Kelly Skater on uh, Swoop Row and on uh, the Talk Story Radio Network. We're here with Michael Kelly and Dennis Woodard. How's it going, fellas? Very good. Hey, Michael, let's start with you, man. Tell us a little bit about yourself, man. Where'd you grow up? How you got started in music? Things like that. Well, I grew up here in uh, Orange County, and uh, I uh, I got involved with music very young. Uh, I started playing piano at probably about like eight years old or so. And around like 14 or so, I started playing guitar. And that was actually uh, the time when I met Dennis. And uh, uh, Dennis and I, like I hung out with his brother. Uh-huh. And uh, we used to ride bikes and skateboards, build ramps and all that. And, and uh, Dennis and his brother had gotten some guitars. And I brought over my guitar one day. And we started jamming and everything. Yeah. And like we still have the story about how like... You know, we uh, like I taught him the very first riff he ever played on the guitar, and now he's my lead guitar player in our like our band. Nice, it's, it's such a cool thing, you know. Yeah, it was uh, Anthrax. Yeah, yeah, it was a song from Anthrax <laughs> called "Yo <laughs> Endo." <laughs> that changed my life, dude. That was rad. <laughs> so you you guys kind of grew up in the same area, then, huh? Yeah, like real close. Yeah. Um, like we'd ride Yeah, that was out in Lake Forest when yeah. we lived over there, yeah. And yeah. those days it was actually called El Toro. That's right. That's right. I think it was El Toro for Air Force Base. <laughs> 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 so we go back a little ways. So what, what got you started in music, Dennis? Uh, well, it's funny because none of my family plays music, so um, I don't know. I've just always been gravitated to it. I had songs in my head, and um, first instrument, I picked up the drums, and Started playing guitar, uh, and um, then I really got uh, into recording, and that's um, that's what I've been really building the last what, 15 years or so. Yeah. So to get to this point and being working with Mike, hooking back up after all those years, it's just uh, it's been cool. Found out uh, Dennis played with uh, Corey Joseph Clark back in the day. Man. Oh no way! Yeah, yeah. yeah. Boy. <laughs> uh, no, Past guess. Actually, Corey played one of the solos. On one of our songs, yeah. actually, that's going to be on our album. That's coming. Really? Oh, that's cool. Yes. Yeah, we're big fans of him, so that's cool. When, you know, when you guys got together and, and you, you put your, uh, your the band together as you have it now, um, I'm always curious. 
you know, because I, I saw some, you guys have had like eight, seven or eight members in your band or something, something yes. like that. And, and I always wonder how, how that develops because, you know, you know, I grew up in an era where, you know, there was like, most of the bands had, you know, like Rush and uh, they had three guys and, uh, you know, trios and you had some, you know, like foursomes like Zeppelin and stuff like that. But then you had like, you know, Tower of Power and War, they had, a, you know, and uh, yeah. Grateful Dead, they had a bunch of people on stage. But how'd you guys uh, end up with uh, so many members in your band? Well, you know, we first, uh, we just, we started off, uh, you know, like I started just playing as a solo, solo artist. Uh-huh. And I met actually the drummer that we're playing with right now. And that was before I actually hooked up with Dennis. Maximus James. Yeah, Maximus James. <laughs> and uh, he ended up becoming my roommate and stuff. I ended up, uh, you know, we you know, moving in, you know, into a house where we were renting and stuff together and stuff. He was, you know, he's just a good friend of mine. Yeah. And uh, so we ended up, we, st- we were trying to put together a band, but it was just taking a long time to try to get members and everything. And that was the time when Dennis and I had hooked up and started recording and everything. And then that was when we got the idea to have Maximus come in. Hey, let's have Maximus lay some drums down on this song that we're writing. And uh, it just kind of slowly formulated like that. Like I said, we had Corey Joseph Clark play on a song. We kind of like, we've just kind of slowly been developing who's going to be the band members in our band in a way. And now we've gotten to the guys that we have. And it's just... I don't know. We're really stoked on the guys that we have. They're all awesome. This is like they blow, they just they'll blow you away. Everybody's like they're amazing. The synergy on stage and in the studio now is just it's amazing. I mean, yeah, yeah. But it actually the the number of members really came from you know the music we were producing. We're like, well, we have all these sounds. So we need a DJ. You know, yeah. we have all this percussion. We need a percussion player. You know, so it's really what is what would it take to you know, do it live and pull it off to where it's real close to the record. Nice. So that's, you know, that's how that came about. But every every member has just been amazing. So it's, it just feels like it's, you know, it's cool. It's happening. Now, your sounds is, is, is definitely like a reggae, a reggae type groove to it. Uh, who, who, are your, who are your influences coming up? Well, you know what? I tried to honestly, like, just, just stray away from having, like, a certain influence and kind of, like, you know, go, you know, I start, like, I kind of, I don't even really listen to other music that much, honestly, I kind of tried to go on my own, own way, because, that, yeah, a lot of, I had to have influences, um, you know, from old types of reggae, like, you know, just uh, Al Campbell, you know, and just Des Brown, just old, old school reggae, and then I have, like, influences from new stuff, like Revolution, and Iration, and there's a lot of cool bands out there. I love Chronics. Yeah, they're really cool. I uh, I saw them play at Cali Roots just online. I really love them. I love. Uh, man, I like Slightly Stupid. Some of the new, you know, the new groups. I really. I mean, there's some of them that I really like. But to be honest with you, the sound that we're making, it's kind of like we have like kind of something different because we're going very positive mm-hmm. and we're trying to go away from where the scene is like the scene you know really drives off of these really edgy lyrics and uh, and we try to go to like almost like these very very positive lyrics because we've seen how people are tired of listening to the complaining and that kind of stuff and having it in their head you know yeah. and we're trying to go for like some something kind of a different type of sound yeah. kind of and just shed light, you know, be 
bring joy. You know, that's we're 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 here to entertain, not to really put too much messages. You know, we try to stay away from that stuff and just entertain. You know, and put on good shows and write good songs. It's really the songs. Yeah. It's all about the songs. Yeah. When it comes to you know you brought that up, when it comes to writing, uh, uh, how does that work? Are there, are there some main uh, songwriters or? Is the, the entire group you know collaborate on it? I know a lot of times you know, especially with lyrics, you know, with music, I see where everybody kind of jumps in because everybody has their own thing that's going on. But with lyrics, it usually narrows down to one or two people. But how does that work with you guys? Well, you know what we we started. Uh, I started writing these songs a long time ago, mm-hmm. and I started writing them with one of my friends, and I and uh, like at least a few of them. And that's kind of how I got the idea to even start writing like in a professional studio. We're kind of doing it in a home, a home studio environment, I'm working on just writing lyrics and coming up with ideas. And this is where my buddy Hawk came in. Uh, his name's Richard uh, Richard Betancourt, mm-hmm. and uh, we call him Hawk. He's uh, he's a very very talented writer and. Uh, and I was working with him, you know, just trying to come up with some lyrics and stuff. And uh, me and him actually uh, came up with like a few of the different songs that we have. And then I took them over to Dennis's studio, and then we like produced them and made them like even into like a greater production because I couldn't, I didn't have the ability to do what he could do with music at my house and stuff. And, right. and so we kind of we kind of started that way. But as we started doing that. Then Dennis and I, we started writing songs together, mm-hmm. and then we actually started coming up with the, you know, like new, you know, newer ideas, kind of like that's where we started getting more of like the newer songs that we're coming out with now. And uh, I don't know. It's, it's just, just an it's an evolution, really. You yeah. know, because the band is more coming now. It's more be a band where we started. It was basically the two of us. Right. So now it's. Uh, the next record is going to be more influenced with the whole band and everything. But this one is kind of just, uh, I mean, it started with us about, I think, two and a half years ago is when we did Reach, and we're going to play that. But uh, but we've been, as the band has come, now I'm, I'm like, reproducing everything. <laughs> Getting rid of all these tracks, and now we're bringing in the band. So now it's just, it's just becoming alive, and, I've, you know, we've reached new levels in mixing and production. So... It's just the timing seems seems yeah. right. So you, you for, it sounds like for a, a, a long period of time you were basically just uh, you kind of put all your efforts into running a studio and, and, and doing a lot of production and stuff like that. Yeah, you? exactly. How how did you uh, how did you end up in that you know in that in that realm? Yeah, well I've been you know building home studio kind of honing in my skills for a long time, but. Uh, and I was I was a realtor in my twenties, mm-hmm. you know, and I did really good. So I would just buy microphones and equipment, and you know, with the ultimate goal of doing it. But you know, during that time, I was, you know, working on my skills, my songwriting, my playing, and all that, and my engineering. And then, uh, you know, when I felt I was ready, and uh, had all the gear. Um, I just went for it, took out some space, and just built it. Nice, <laughs> nice. It was cool. It turned out really good. 
That's good. You know, you know, we talk about you know things and people, you know, having a plan and having a vision, and, and you know, sometimes having a vision is one thing, and you get to the point where okay, now I got to make that step, and that's a scary step to take. Yeah. That's and, the leap. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> for sure. Yeah, that's awesome. Well, I'll tell you what. Let's uh, let's let our listeners uh, kind of listen to some of the stuff you guys got going on. We're gonna take awesome. our first break, and uh, I think the first one we're gonna play is uh, distance, right? Yeah. You want to tell us anything about that? Yeah, and, uh, this is a song actually that developed out of uh, Hawk and I uh, from early days writing. Um, we brought in the song and uh, we kind of changed it. We took it and used one of the hooks that we had written together, and then we I, I put some new a new verse into it, and then Dennis actually you know wrote a bunch of just new 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 parts and new music in it, and then at the with the band now they come and put in all of their parts too. So it's just like. I don't know, it's just, you know, it's, it's totally... It's a good song, it's, it's a love great. song. It's about, you know, longing for the love of your life. All right. Yeah. You're listening to Swoops Road on the Talk Story Radio Network. We're here with Michael Kelly and Dennis Woodard of Kelly Skater, and this is Distance. <laughs> That I could wrap my arms around you Hoping someday to make you my own And never have to let you go Holding you tight, treating you right Taking you out every night We can buy us a castle Big dreams, never a hassle Distance between you and I Find myself missing your beautiful smile how long's it gonna take? Can't wait to see your face. Distance between you and I. You always got a smile, my lucky charm. Stay here in my arms, by my side. I feel better. Keep me warm in the cold weather. Bright light shine from your eyes. Glistening tears that you
And now we have an eight-year-old on the line. Welcome to Our World Today. What's your question? Our continents make up 29% of the Earth's surface, meaning that 71% is comprised of water. Man automatically adapts to environmental conditions. So why do I need to take swimming lessons? Are you ready for kids who eat healthy? Good nutrition can lead to great things. To find out how a healthy lifestyle can help your child succeed, go to MyPyramid.gov. Brought to you by the Ad Council and USDA. For a little ride. Now you can share the topics that drive the discussions of your favorite talk shows with TalkStream Live's topic-driven talk radio. We gotta talk. Let's take a drive. List and promote real-time talk radio topics or post the topics that you want to hear. Hot topics are tweeted and retweeted and include simple click-to-listen audio links. The future of talk radio is topic-driven talk radio. Well, that's what I call real drive. Available now at TalkStreamLive.com. Talk Story Radio. Hi, this is Kelly Z. With Casey Regan. We're from Music You Can See and AmeriBlues.com and Kelly's Live. We are swooping it at Swoops World. Welcome back to the show. We're here with Kelly Skater and uh, we just played Distance and. Uh, some pretty decent harmonies in there, man. And we were kind of talking off the air. How'd you accomplish that? Well, uh, we have five singers in the band. You know, we, our percussion player Reggie sings. Um, drummer Max sings. We got John on the keys sings, and then uh, the two of us. Um, yeah, I mean harmonies are a big part of it. You know, a lot of it. What I like about the band, which got me really excited, is almost every aspect of it has kind of an original. Thing. You know, we got the bubble that's original, you know, I mean, the skank's not, but all of it together, you know, it, it's a cool sound. It, yeah. I think distance actually encapsulates that pretty good. Nice. As a, um, yeah, that's why I wanted to play that one first. Yeah. When you, uh, you right, right now you guys are, are getting close to releasing releasing your current CD, right? Um, what, what's, what's, what's the anticipated date on the release on this? Well, we don't have one. <laughs> See, that's the thing. We have no record label, and we uh, right now we we don't even have a manager. We're we're actually we we possibly are going to be hooking up with some management right now. We we're in the middle of talking with them and everything, and and it looks like that's going to probably be going through. Good. So it is but a big transition. It's a big right transition, now. but we've been doing this all on our own. Me and this guy. I mean, I've been doing this just on the internet. I've been I've been. Sending out, talking to people all over the world. I have fans all over the world. Hey, everybody out there. Everybody listening, I love you. Hey, I've been talking to all you guys. You're tweeting to me. You're talking to me. Hey, when you message me, you're getting me. I don't have, a, I don't have anybody talk, doing that stuff right now. It's been me doing it. You know, we got about 50,000 followers on Twitter, uh, 20,000 on Instagram. 
All and real followers. You and know. I got real followers. None yeah. of them have been bought or anything. And I've been talking to these people because I learned long ago, hey, talk to the people. They want to know you. And they, you know, and once you talk to them and they know you, they're going to tell everybody, hey, if they like your music, they're going to tell their friends, hey, I know this guy and this is music, you know? <laughs> when you guys are, uh, you, 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 play, you know, play a lot of live shows and stuff, uh, you guys, is there, is there like, play a lot of clubs or festival type things? Well, or? we're just, we're just getting started with the band. Yeah. I mean, it's, the band is a byproduct of, of the recordings. Yeah. You know, so it's, once we had the material and, you know, we thought, well, this would be, this would translate really good in a live setting. Mm-hmm. And then it was just, you know, just evolved from that. But yeah, I mean, that's, that's basically how it is. So you guys, what sort of venues have you been playing lately? We played Gallagher's Tiki Bar. Or Tiki, yeah, Tiki Bar. Yeah, the Tiki Bar, yeah. Those, Those are the only two places we played. Oh, really? Two shows with this band. Oh, okay. Brand new. Brand yeah, we're new. a brand new band. And that, did the, how'd that go? How because this is this, this is the first time. Well, this is the first time you guys were playing the stuff you've been playing in the yeah. studio for a live audience. Did you get a good response, a good vibe, or did you have to go? Oh, I gotta go back to the chalkboard. How'd that work out? <laughs> no, it was no. great. It was I mean, great. Yeah, yeah. it was awesome. a lot of support. A lot of a lot of people. Even you know, up. we played Gallagher's, the band we opened for, good friends of ours. You know. They freaking, you know, they even gave us a big old big up. They're like, this is their very first show. Everyone was like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they were like, this is what's going on. Like, you know. So we've been yeah. playing music, obviously, with many other bands. This guy owns a professional studio. He's one of the best guitar players around. I mean, he's a, he's amazing. And, he, dude, he's so good at, at mixing and he knows equipment and he knows everything about, you know, anything with audio. So it's just uh, this band, too, all of the musicians are like that. I mean, we got a graduate from Berkeley. Um, you know, we, we've, got, we've got guys who play around so many bands and, and who know music so well. You yeah. know, it's, it's really aw- it's awesome to be at this level and just to be able to go and play your first show. Like, <laughs> like, like, you're like, you're like, like, are you part perfect? And, like, maybe there was, like, little parts that he knows of it. No, Knows that. <laughs> it was definitely good to be out from under the board. Yeah, out on stage. It's been a while for yeah. me because I've been just honing in my my you know skills in that area. But you know, it's I've been having the itch, and now just to be able to get out there and play for people, you know, it's just been it's it's amazing. I, Do you have other got other gigs lined up? Uh, we're working on it right now. Like Mike said, we're talking to this management company. It's looking good, and they've got a couple of venues in mind. So. Um, Next few days we'll find out. Yeah, cool. Yeah, I, I saw I, I saw a video. You guys did a really good cover of uh, like a line. What's that? What's that? Iron line. Iron line. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was really. I mean, it was really, really good. I, yeah. I really enjoyed it because you know you just never know when you're you're taking on something that big and yeah. it sounded really good. Yeah. Was really, yeah, really yeah. Impressed. The covers have been fun. Yeah, we play some cool covers. Just skank them out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, a couple secret ones for you guys out oh, there yeah. too. <laughs> 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 yeah, cool. yeah, we're working hard for sure. So you don't have a date for the album, but give us an idea, like how many we're songs? Right there. Yeah, I mean, I just bounced the last mix that I'm going to send off to the band to give them a week to spend with it. And then we're going to go to mastering. We're getting okay. the artwork ready. Sure, of course. How many? How? Wh- how many cuts are we talking? A few, like probably a few weeks. You know, okay. Two to three weeks, but that's if everything. It's probably going to be about a month, you yeah. know, realistically. But yeah, I mean, we're right there. It's. 
How big's the album? How many how many songs and all that? It's gonna be eight songs. Okay. Um, and then after that, we're gonna start releasing singles, and then get ready for the next album next nice. summer. That's the plan. Yeah. Ah, that's good. That's good but for you. I mean, it's got to be great. Uh, you know, a lot of times you know, people have to go work at a studio with somebody they don't really know and doesn't really kind of have a feel for what they what they want to do. I mean, they say they do and they try. I'm not saying that, you know they're not trying to do their best. But it's got to be a different feeling when you're working with somebody who's got an own studio. He's in, he's in the band. I mean, you guys, you, guys, you guys are already connected, you know, before you're actually there and he's doing mixing and stuff like that. It's crazy how he how he turned into, like, the guitar player of the band. <laughs> first, he wasn't. First, I came to him with this type of music. Yeah. And honestly, he was doing other type of music. And then he was, you know, producing other people's music and, you know, doing his thing. And then, like, he kind of grew into it because, like, man, really like this stuff and then he was like he really got into it and then I, some of the days it seemed like he was playing the solos like you know practicing them and everything like oh, now, check this out dude I play this so loud so good it's sick too dude just wait like you hear these solos and stuff that you're hearing on this stuff this stuff is performed live like this these guys are really talented you know, all of these guys and they put on a really good show well that's you, you bring up a, you bring up a good point because a lot of times uh, you know frequently not, I'm not saying this happens all the time but frequently you know you'll buy somebody's album CD record whatever you want to call it and then you'll go to a show and you're like this doesn't sound like and, yeah. and sometimes it's better because they're jamming on stage and, yeah. and it's a whole different vibe sometimes all the best stuff was done in the mixing <laughs> <laughs> I like the comment at the show when the people I had oh, individually yeah. people come up to us afterwards and tell us that one of the covers that we played at this show that they thought that it was better than the original cover that they had heard from the band yeah. and they liked the way that we changed it and made it a reggae song and everything it was really cool you know yeah you know to get just done just different responses you know so like I don't know I think that uh, that people are you know people really enjoyed you know, enjoy the music, and especially reggae is really popular right now, and and, and people like, uh, you know, are very into positivity, so I really feel like, well, you know, what we've been working on right now, just people are waiting for it. They're yeah. like, yeah, that's kind of what I was looking for, because I, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. it's, you know? I mean, I, I still, I mean, I've heard the songs a billion times, mixing them and stuff. Mm, yeah. But I still pop it on the car, and I, it just lightens my mood. I mean, it's just that kind of music. It's it's light, it's bright, it's cool. It's got an awesome groove, you know. And Mike's voice is, is so original. You know? It's like, a, it's, that's what's cool about it. And then, the, and then all our voices around it, they blend really well. So, yeah. We are going to uh, we're going to take another break and we're going to play I believe it's Reach and uh, Reach to the Sky. Reach that's right. Reach to the Sky. You got that right, man. That's how. You know, some of the swim on the Talk Story Radio Network. We're here with Kelly's uh, Kelly Skater, and this is uh, Reach to the Sky. Back after this.
then what's up? Preach up to the sky, attend and don't stop. Celebrate good yeah. time. <laughs> Breathing it in and then out. Gonna have a good time. Showing them what it's about. Leave it all behind. Raising the fear and the doubt. Reach up to the sky. Yeah. Reach to the sky. Faucet running? That's not a faucet. That's a river rushing through the forest. Forest rivers provide over 100 million people with clean water to drink. What? I can't hear you because of the vacuum. That's not a vacuum. That's the trees in the forest cleaning up the air we breathe. I didn't know the trees were so amazing. Yep, and the forest gives us shade, trees to climb. That's awesome. Let's go explore some more. Visit the forest today and enjoy all it does just for you. To learn more about the forest and find one near you, go to discovertheforest.org. Brought to you by the U.S. Forest Service and the Ad Council. Imagine no longer being tied down to your computer, but having the freedom to take live talk radio with you anywhere you go. TalkStream Live introduces our first ever iPhone application. The talk shows you follow now follow you. And your iPhone is now the fastest and easiest way to stay connected to the best talk radio on the Internet. Let TalkStream Live transform the way you listen to radio. Listen to live talk shows 24 hours a day, 7 days a week. Mobile talk radio from TalkStream Live. Now available in the iTunes App Store. You're listening to the Talk Story Radio Network. Hello, this is Normandy Wilson, and you're listening to Snoop's World. 
Talk Story Radio Network. We're here with Kelly Skater, and uh, we got Michael Kelly and Dennis Woodard in the, in the studio with us, and uh, playing their music and talking about, you know, what's going on with them and, uh, and what's happening in the near future. And, and you know, Dennis, you, you you know, you have your own studio and stuff. But when it comes to actually laying down tracks and then mixing it and stuff like that, what's that process? Yeah, when, uh, I mean, first it always starts with a song. I mean, that's the most important thing. Um, once you have a song, then it's really deciding. You know, the instrumentation, and you start thinking about arrangement and stuff. And I'll, I'll typically scratch out a lot of stuff and get basic ideas and see if the song's working. And then, um, you know, they'll start bringing in the different players. And once everything's tracked, then it's, uh, it goes mixing, editing, and cleaning, and mixing. And um, Larry, who's a common friend of all of us, Larry Sampson. Yeah. Um, I've been mixing with him for, it's been six days a week, I mean, religiously for going on three years now. Wow. So it's, uh, you know, I mean, he's an amazing, he's amazing. His ear is ridiculous. You know? So, you know, if there's one tiny little half-step note off that, like, appears for 2.1 seconds, <laughs> you know, he'll catch it. <laughs> yeah, I think we've all uh, been amazed by Larry. And, uh, you know, Peter Rives had stories. I've, you know, I've just, seen, I've just seen him listen to a record and just stop it and play it you know, he just kind of listens and stops and plays next thing you know he's got the whole song down and yeah. like, I don't know how he does it no it's been a great the whole team that has you know kind of come together um, it's been it's been incredible yeah. I mean, it's not one person that does it it's, it's, a, it's a collective just like the DJ in that distant song mm -hmm. I mean the intro, yeah. we got to give some props to DJ Addiction. You know what? Yeah. Uh, we haven't even covered it. Name, why don't you name everybody in the band? Man? Yeah, go ahead. Okay. Um, all right. That was uh, who we were talking about right there. It was uh, Steve, Steve Wallach, uh, otherwise known as our, our DJ, DJ Addiction. Addiction. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> then we have uh, on the keys, we have John DeMaria. Mm -hmm. And we have on bass, we have Eric Seedman. And on uh, hand percussion, we have Reggie Pollard, and then we have on drums, we have Maximus James, who we were talking about yeah. earlier. And those are all seven guys, along with me and Dennis. Wow. Yeah. No, it's pretty, I mean, it's amazing to have five singers that can really sing in tune and can sing harmonies, <laughs> you know? It's, a, it's so much fun. It's the kind of band that you always dream about being in, you know? Yeah. It's fun to play live. You know, you get to sing with... You know, the harmonies is just, it's cool. Yeah. With the yeah. band that big, do you guys find it hard to schedule things? To, like, you know, rehearsals, gigs. Gigs are one thing, but, like, rehearsals, I mean, that, you guys got to work on that. Yeah. When you got that many people, you can't just say, oh, we're going to show up. You got to work it out. So everybody's is that hard? Committed. Everybody's committed, you know, and everybody's, you know, we're just all in, and everybody's on the same page. We all, you know, just want to get the music out there. Everybody believes in it, and, uh, you know, every, all everybody. Everybody's friends, and we're just we all look forward to rehearsals, and we're just looking forward to going on the road. You know? Yeah, <laughs> that's when friendships are tested. Are tested. That's, when, that's when you know whether you guys are going to make it or not. Is, uh, if you get back from the road and you guys can still like, and they're not missing anybody, and they're not missing anybody, and uh, and you can all still like play music together, then it was meant to be. <laughs> Does everybody kind of live relatively close together? So, I mean, you know, lots, we, we've talked to bands, and I can think of one in particular 
they were talking about when they get to rehearsal where like two people lived out in Riverside and two people lived out in like, like Santa Monica LA or something like that. And, yeah. yeah. And so yeah, we're actually very spread out. So yeah. We go from San Clemente to Long Beach. Oh, okay. And then out to Anaheim, kind of in Studio, that triangle. Yeah. 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 Studios yeah. and Anaheim, so it's kind of central, luckily, but yeah, yeah. it spans out from yeah. north to south. That's good though, man. Everybody, if everybody's you know everybody's committed and they aren't showing up, that that's all you need, man. But it's, yeah, the band's amazing. Nice, nice. So what's uh you know we were talking about you're you're kind of wrapping things up. You you probably have a management thing going on and going to book some gigs. And but you did mention that you had a kind of a plan where you get these released and then release some singles and then start working on the next. Um, have you already started writing songs for the next album? Yes. Yeah, actually, we've been working on songs. We've got actually a bunch of songs. We we all are songwriters. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, we have five singers. Each of these singers could have their own group, per se, and say, hey. So they've been writing songs. We all have songs. And we do have some songs that we're working on, particularly for this album that we're going to come out with next. Yeah. And we are, we have, like, we've been working on a, like a cover song right now. That we were uh, we're actually tracking, but we do have some ideas that we're throwing around for different new songs. We got about like three different ones that we like, and uh, so yeah, yeah. Everybody. Actually, even the production has started, you know. So it's uh, definitely uh, thinking forward, trying to you know we want to stay relevant. So <laughs> after we get this record out, you know, at the tail end of summer, um, then you know we're going to release some strate- strategic yeah. uh, cover songs throughout the year. We got a Halloween special. <laughs> <laughs> Dead Man's Party. Right yeah. Oh, there you we go. Play that. We played that live a couple of times. I'd be cool. Yeah, I could. Hit I could totally imagine that. Well, you know, you know, we we talk we talk to so many musicians and, and bands and, and singer songwriters and stuff, and and you know, the creative part is one thing, but the business part's a whole other ball game. And you're talking about how much you know effort you're putting in the, the, the online presence and stuff like that. Um, you find how have you found that whole area of, of the business you, you enjoy that part of it oh no i mean it's not like <laughs> super fun or anything i mean yeah it's, it's got to be done to the fans and stuff like that yeah but there's a lot of other stuff that's going on that you're, you know what i mean you got to be sorting through photos you know and deleting old and making files you know what i mean you're just like you know you're organizing videos and editing them i mean you know what i mean you're being all of your own things you know what i mean your own own thing yeah, with everything and, and so it's it gets busy you know and, and it's cool that's why we've we've been talking with some managers we're, we're going to be getting a social media manager and someone to, to book us and stuff so uh someone's going to be taking that on and, yeah and helping me with that too so you know, i will be still talking with the people and, and communicating but they'll be helping us with all of the yeah you know, there's managers, yeah. You know, yeah. Uh, but yeah, let's uh, let's go ahead and play, uh, play your last song here, man. Uh, and this is uh, "Take Me Away," right? Yeah, this is actually my favorite song on the record. Nice. It was uh, the hardest to mix, and it's it was it's pretty uh, in, intense arrangement. So after finishing it, it's sounding cool and like, <laughs> well, I, you know, I'm gonna say this is my favorite. <laughs> yeah, this is actually my favorite too. I really like all of this one. It's an old song that turned into such a cool song. Like it's just so many, so many different ways it's changed the song over the years. Yeah, you know, and it's just it's thrown into this 
masterpiece now. That's awesome. All right. This is Kelly Slater. This is Take Me Away. You're listening to Swoops World on the Talk Story Radio Network. We'll be back after this. I'm in the car next to you on the highway. I sit in front of you on the bus. I'm one out of every six Americans. 
and I'm struggling with hunger. This isn't an uncontrollable epidemic. There's enough food in this country to feed every hungry person. Please, visit feedingamerica.org today and find your local food bank. Every dollar you donate helps provide seven meals for those around you, quietly struggling with hunger. Together, we're Feeding America. Brought to you by Feeding America and the Ad Council. My name is Tom Thornton. And my name is Cindy Thornton. We're retired, and this is how we live United. We decided to volunteer with United Way at our community free health clinic. United Way is how we contribute. Because we know our time and money are going to the right places. Judging by the thank yous we get at the clinic, I'd say we're doing the right thing with our retirement, too. We're Tom and Cindy Thornton. We volunteer at our community free health clinic. We don't just wear the shirt. We live it. Give. Advocate. Volunteer. Live United. Go to liveunited.org. Brought to you by United Way and the Ad Council. The views and opinions expressed by the individual hosts and their guests do not necessarily reflect those of Talk Story Radio, its affiliates, or sponsors. Hi, Hi we're the we're enablers, enablers, and you're, you're listening, listening to, to Swoop Swirl. Welcome back to Swoops World on the Talk Story Radio Network, and we're here with Kelly Skater. Hey, what's up, guys? <laughs> what's happening? Hey, guys, we tried to cover a lot tonight, and is there, is there anything you want to talk about that we haven't talked about yet? Because, uh, like I said, we try to try to make sure we hit on all the things you want to ch- chat about. Well, yeah, we'd just like to let everybody know how they can listen to uh, some demos of our music. Uh, right now, uh, we're on Reverb Nation. Uh, that's spelled reverb like reverb, mm-hmm. and then ReverbNation.com. And forward slash Kelly Skater. Kelly Skater is spelled K-E-L-L-Y-S-K-8-E-R. And one word. It's one word. So if you even Google that, you're going to find that. You're going to see that on, on Reverb Nation right now. We're ranked number one in Huntington Beach. We've been like that actually for about ten weeks now. And uh, so we, we really uh, we, we, we have demos up there. Um, I cringe every time somebody hears it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> He's a perfectionist. <laughs> These are some of the songs that will be on the album. We do have some other songs that are going to be on the album too. So, uh, but uh, we just, you know, that right now that we have that to hear, and then we also have YouTube, um, Twitter, uh, Facebook. You can find all if you Google Kelly Skater K E L L Y S K eight E R. You're going to find us. It's it's definitely a different spelling, and it's uh, it's an original name that uh, kind of came up uh, with on its own. But uh, Gmail account is your Gmail account that was generated, right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. evolved. You know, we didn't pick it. It just it picked you, man. You know, there you like, go. You got to deal with it. It's hard for you to communicate it, but it's cool. So yeah, very nice. But, yeah, but anyways, uh, if you guys check it out, um, get in contact with me too. If you want, send me a message. If you heard the show. Uh, tell me what you think. If you want, tweet me too. I'll retweet you if you'd like. Nice. Yeah. Hey, guys, we want to thank you for coming on the show and, and uh, keep making that good music. And uh, Come back. Uh, we'd like, we look forward to hearing when you get the uh, when the uh, record's released, man. Awesome, dude. Well, thanks. Yeah, absolutely. You listen to Swoops on the Talk Star Radio Network. We're about uh, five minutes away from our Brewski's beer tasting. And uh, we're going to take a quick break, listen to some Tyrone Wells. This is And the Birds Sing. Back after this.
My name is Joe Thompson. I'm 29, and thanks to my college degree, I'm a systems analyst, and the college me would tell you. I wouldn't be here without Big Brothers Big Sisters. My big brother believed in me, and to a seven-year-old, that means a lot. My big brother's name is Phil, and Phil is the reason that this seven-year-old grows up to be a systems analyst. Whether you donate money or time, you're helping Big Brothers Big Sisters help a child. Start something today at BigBrothersBigSisters.org. Brought to you by Big Brothers Big Sisters and the Ad Council.
Hey, over here, behind the fence. Huh? You? The bike? Yeah, the bike. Here in the grass where the kids left me a while ago. Could you get the dust off my seat and remind the kids how fun I still am? Okay. Oh, you are dusty. I may need my spokes tightened, too. Let's go. As Native American parents and caregivers, our encouragement to healthy lifestyles for our kids is helping them get outside and play. Get ideas. Get involved. Get going at letsmove.gov slash Indian Country. Brought to you by USDA, HHS, and the Ad Council. Talk Story Radio. Hello, this is Steve Delamater, and hello to all you out there on the interwebs. Keep it right here on Swoop's World. What's shaking, baby? Wanna go for a spin? I got the top down, looking round at places I've been. There's a and welcome back to Swoop's World on the Talk Show Radio Network. And we're about, uh, we should be starting Brewski's, uh, we actually should have started two minutes ago. Peter's outside uh, doing some... Uh, Just yucking it up. Yucking it up with the, with the guests, and uh, as soon as he gets back in here, we'll run that, uh, we'll get things rolling now, but uh, how's it going, man? It's going great, man. It's been, uh, it's been a fun week. Yeah? Got a, like we said earlier, we got got a new pet in the uh, in the household. It's a rescue too. It is. Yeah, yeah. I didn't go to the pet store and just buy some animal that's been bred to be held captive. Uh, found a critter that was lost. You didn't lure it off some other reserve. I did though. not lure it away from its uh, protected, protected habitat. Area. Yeah, I didn't. Uh, didn't chop its head off and skin it and try to ditch the GPS tracking device. So. Yeah. The, the critter's doing okay now. Uh, good, 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 good. Yeah, man, we're ready. We're behind, man. Come on, you're, we should be knee-deep in uh, tasting right now, man. Knee-deep in the water. There we go. There's Sometimes it just happens that way. Brewskies, our beer tasting segment right here at Swoop Throw Late Night, sponsored by DrinksWineSpirits.com. So grab yourself a glass, pour yourself a brew, and join us right now for Brewskies, sponsored by DrinksWineSpirits.com. You're up, Peter. Well, happy Wednesday. Happy Wednesday. And uh, welcome to the part where we officially drink beer. Uh, not like the other parts where we unofficially drink beer. Tonight we're drinking... Uh, you got to explain to our guests over there what's up. Right. But uh, tonight we're drinking Lagunitas, one of our favorite breweries. Uh, it's their Equinox. Uh, it's called a Genuine Pale Oat Ale. First brewed in 1995, brewed today in a time... Blah, blah, blah. Okay, here's what they have to say about their own beer. What? You don't read, read so good. Oh, okay. You can read it. I got it. Okay, yeah. Can you imagine a... <laughs> mess me up, man. Can you imagine a world without beer? Everything we, everything we know would be different. Fish might fly. Dogs might use power tools. Friday nights might be spent building trees out of the day after the tomorrow's stale sour... Cream and cheese leavings. Okay. You can explain why you're having a tough time reading it. <laughs> tough to read this because this is, it's one of those deals where, like, they, uh, the, the words, like, can you is spelled Q U Q A N. Can you. That's what he's trying to read. Folks. That's what I'm trying to read. So it's, 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 yeah. it's complicated. And then there'd be spelling issues. Things that would be, would be just plain weird. Point here is that if it wasn't for beer, 
life wouldn't be the same. Not at all. Okay, this beer has uh, 8% alcohol, uh, 50 IBU, so it's on the on the medium size there. And, uh, again, it's a genuine pale ale, pale oat ale is what they're calling it. I've never quite heard that. No. Um, not, and not the name, again, is Equinox from the brewery Lagunitas. So we're going to do our official tasting here. Let me run it by him real quick. Hey, Dennis, yeah. so we, what we're going to do is, is we're going to taste... And then uh, we're going to ask you what you think about it, your honest opinion. Yeah. We're going to go all the way around and do that. And then after we all give our opinions, then we're going to come back and number it on a scale of 1 to 10, 10 being best. So okay. after you sip it and share, don't yeah. give us a score yet. Hold <laughs> on to that score. We want to have a mystery number. Yeah. I think I got it. Yeah. I I got Salute. Woo! All right, Dennis, you're the guest. You're the guest. Always go first. Give us your thoughts. Honest opinion. Um, hold on, let me take another. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. That's legit. <laughs> yeah, it's good. It's not too heavy. It's not. It's right in the middle. <laughs> Goldilocks. Yeah. Is that the right one? Yeah, <laughs> yeah good stuff. Right on, man. Yeah, you know, I'm liking this. Uh, I'm not sure what they meant about uh, the, the oat, whatever, because I, I don't get a lot of oat out of it, you know. And but It's uh, there, but it's, it's, it's very subtle. Subtle, yeah. yeah. And uh, to me, it, it's kind of, you know, we've said this about other people, it, it's obviously a, log, a Lagunitas. Um, mm-hmm. You know, it, it's, got their, it's got their stamp, stamp on it. They have a profile for yeah, sure. Yeah, exactly. But, uh, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's a good tasting beer. It's well made. Um, it's... To me, it's it's just a good beer. I mean, I, I don't have anything really outstanding to say about it, and I have actually nothing negative to say about it. No. Um, it's a pale, and so I'm not not my favorite. You know, I'm more of the IPA, like the big hoppy stuff. So, um, but that being said, this is probably one of the best pales I've ever had. Uh, I think this is a very well-made beer. It's it's uh, it's got a lot of flavor, and if you like pale ales. Um, this is pretty much a kick-ass pale ale. I'm sort of indifferent on the pale ale, so for me this is a so-so. But uh, this is a good. This is a good. Uh, it's got a good thing. Keep on. Well, you know, I think the pale ale is sort of the progenitor of the the IPA. Um, it is. It is. And there's there's something to be said for that. I, I feel like pale pale malt on its own gets a little a little blasé after a while. Uh, I've never had any kind of oat. Beer other than stouts, you know, yeah. we had the yeah. occasional oatmeal stouts, and you know, I, I haven't brushed up on my Jabberwocky, <laughs> other, other uh, Lewis Carroll reading skills, so I don't think I can follow this later. Yeah. But uh, yeah, it doesn't it doesn't strike me as all that out of the ordinary for a pale ale. Uh, I mean, you know, they're, they're, like you said, there's a little bit of an, a different characteristic about the malt there, but it's nothing. Nothing earth-shattering. Right. Um, One of my complaints about pale pale ales is they, they, they have a really sweet finish, and uh, generally, and this one doesn't. It has a really nice dry finish, which I, I think is is the oats coming through, because that tends to be, because that's what it does in a, in a stout. So yeah. um, I'm liking that. I'm liking that part of it a lot. It's a little bit more of a sterile green. Dennis, on a scale of 1 to 10, 10 being best. Well, uh, it's no Coors Light. <laughs> but I would say I'll, I'll give it a, a seven and a half. Seven and a half. Um, you know, I, I am a, I'm a solid seven on this one, and uh, that works for me. Yep, I, I'm right in that same category. I was a seven. 
Well, in the interest of making math happy and me even happier, I'm going to give it a seven and a half. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> actually, I was actually right about in that in that zone anyway. So, I like that he dropped the Goldilocks reference. Anyway, we're talking, about, talking about some planets that have been discovered, you know, like the Kepler yes. telescope out there, and talking about that Goldilocks zone. You know, yeah. not too hot, not too cold. Just That's right. right. Yep. There we go. Peter, what are we eating with this? Um, you know, these kinds of uh, beers are great. Middle middle of stuff. Uh, you could do. They're versatile. Yeah. They're not too big, so you know you could get away with uh, uh, a Caesar salad. Uh, but you could also serve this with you know your burger or your um, you know uh, some sort of a fish with a cool, interesting sauce to go with it. Uh, I had a pulled pork sandwich today. That probably would have gone quite nicely with this. So it's it's that sort it's a of good summertime beer. And, and yeah, and it is. And because it's not, it doesn't have that sweet finish as many pails do. Uh, like I find that I can't drink too many of them because it's just you get a cloying, sweet flavor that I just don't Ooh, enjoy. What was that word? Cloying, cloying. Yep. Look at that. We're learning a new word. Yeah, man. <laughs> it's like and Sesame Street. <laughs> <laughs> Today's beer brought to you by the winner's seat. Better Is it the number count? Better the count? Better um, Kermit. <laughs> I, I was always a big fan of the count. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. Anyhow, uh, so as a result, this is a beer that would go with a lot of those flavors. Uh, and uh, it, it's, it's, it's versatile. So it has that huge advantage. <laughs> All right. <laughs> it's all good. There you have it, another edition of Brisky, sponsored by drinkswinespirits.com. That's Brisky's, sponsored by drinkswinespirits.com. Go there, join the Beer of the Month Club, and they will send you a big box of beer each month. Twelve beers, four different breweries, three bottles apiece. Got that right, huh? Sweet. And you actually help out the show a little bit. Give us a couple little uh, shekels in our pockets. We're going to take a quick break. And uh, come back and get Anthony Davis on the line. This is uh, Swoops Run on Talkstar Radio Network. Tom Hornick, gone.
entertainment industry's voice for road safety. Music is one of the most important things in our lives, but nothing is more important than life itself. Music lives, and so should you. Please plan ahead. Designate before you celebrate. Friends don't let friends drive drunk. A public service message brought to you by the U.S. Department of Transportation, RAD, the National Association of Broadcasters, and the Ad Council. My name is Ruth Rusi, and this is how I live united. I read to children as part of United Way's education program. It helps them create links between language and literacy and prepares them for a better academic future. I figure I have the time and they have the need. My name is Ruth Rusi. I help kids prepare to succeed in school. So I don't just wear the shirt, I live it. Give, advocate, volunteer, live united. Go to liveunited.org. Brought to you by United Way and the Ad Council. The views and opinions expressed by the individual hosts and their guests do not necessarily reflect those of Talk Story Radio, its affiliates, or sponsors. I'm Joey. I'm Robert. I'm Dennis. And I'm Ellen. And we're yeah, It's, it's okay. okay! And you're listening to Sports World! 
All right, welcome back to Super Toronto Talks Show Radio Network. Time to give our good friend Anthony Davis a call. Let's uh, let's do this. Welcome to the show, our good friend and colleague, Mr. Five-time national champion, two-time All-American uh, at USC, Anthony Davis, played in the NFL, the CFL, the World Football League. How you doing, brother? Fine. I can be over here. there? AD? Yes. Oh, there you are. There you are, man. <laughs> <laughs> All, all's well, man? Yeah, busy, busy week in sports, huh? Nutcase in sports these weeks. <laughs> Bunch of nuts out there. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know what? I'm going to, I'm going to maneuver this uh, this landmine uh, a, di- a different way tonight. I want, to, I want to talk, get your idea, your thoughts on a couple things I heard, and uh, then we're going to hit the big stuff. But uh, first, I, I think you want to give a shout out to a friend of yours, huh, Martha? Yeah, Martha. Martha, something else. Yeah, beautiful Latina. Yeah. Looking forward to meeting her. And uh her friend uh says says she's a good good person. I'm really looking forward to seeing her. She's a sports fan and uh she's a big fan of mine. Nice, nice. So I'm looking forward to hanging out and seeing her and checking her out. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I might need, I might, you know, I might have to get old T Bone get some of that meat from him. You know. What I mean? <laughs> hey, AD, I, I was listening. I was listening to uh, to one of the one of the shows uh, on on, uh, on the radio the other day, and uh, it was a pretty good interview with uh, Tim Hasselbeck, and uh, they were talking about. Uh, youth sports and a lot of these uh, a lot of these kids now are, are you know getting like Tommy John surgery and stuff like that because a lot of these parents have have them specialize in playing one sport and one sport only and uh, you know they're getting these uh, they're getting these sports specific injuries and uh, you know Hasselback was saying you know he says you know I, I played three sports growing up and uh, and a lot of guys I know you know made it to the major major leagues or the NFL or whatever played multiple sports, and they didn't suffer these types of injuries because, you know, they're not pitching, you know, year-round. They're not playing one sport year-round, and, and, they're, and they're developing different muscles in their bodies by changing sports throughout the year. And, you know, they're in, they're in a growing phase. Uh, I know you, you're a multiple-sport uh, athlete. Uh, what are your thoughts about this specialization at, at such a young age these days? Well, I don't believe in this. I don't believe in the specialization in one sport because, as you say, the young kids are still developing. And if you just anchor a kid down just playing baseball year-round, uh, they got the good points and they got the bad points. The bad thing, especially if they're pitching, uh, you, can, you can blow their arm out early in, in, like you said, the Tommy John. So you can blow their arm out earlier in life. And so, like, when I played, I played four sports, you know, going through high school. Like I, But the thing is, looking back, what, what really happened for me is that I played baseball and football, but the track and the wrestling, complimented the baseball and the football because it wasn't weights. It was just going against my body weight and get somebody else's body weight. Right. So the speed helped me in baseball and, and, and football and baseball. So, uh, But, you know, it, you know, I was one of the rare athletes that could play those sports, but obviously, you know, you know, I went on to be drafted in both football and baseball and play on those national title teams at FC and 
and stuff of what I did through high school. So, but the thing is, I gave my body a break. You see, when you got you doing stuff year round, you know, and you're still developing as a child. I mean, I'm against that. You know, let, let him explore and do other things, or either let him do a sport that's going to complement that sport that you think he's going to play down the road. Right. And, you know, you see it most often with baseball. It's a sport that has the highest, I think, of the of the major American sports. It's the highest uh, instance of repetitive stress-type injuries. You know, you see the elbow and shoulder problems. That, and, I mean, why do that to a 14-year-old? I mean, and that's just the physical strain that comes from doing a sport year-round, every day, every week. And, I mean, I was a, I was a kid who played baseball you know for two years straight ever you know four games a week and i hated baseball for like a good year and a half after yeah. that was over i mean so not even not even the mental part but i mean just the physical part you're doing things to a body that it's not meant to to handle and then it's just it's just a bad call one of the one of the things uh guys is uh you know the the thought what what you hear these days and and Peter and we've talked about this before. You hear you hear parents say, "Well, uh, if he doesn't play spring ball, then he can't play in the he can play in the summer league. And if he doesn't play in, in, if he's in the summer league team, and if he doesn't play in the summer league team, he can't play in this team. And uh, you know, they, and they, you know, on these different travel teams. And I guess you know, there's is a that kind of pressure is put on the kids. And, and like you said, uh, T Bone, is uh, you know, a lot of these kids develop a, like a total dislike for the, that sport. You know, and they don't, you know, they just quit they're done with it and then they're over it for, there, for a period there of time. should be a part of life where you get to be a kid yeah and you get to enjoy a, a sport as a game i mean because if you make it to that point where hey i'm getting paid to do this then sure that's your job do it every damn day but until then that's supposed to be fun man. <laughs> I mean, it really is well, it's supposed to be fun least, for a kid fundamentally too you know yeah. so you expect the fundamentals you do a little hard run for two or three months and let him break because that's what I did. I mean, you know, I played a lot of belt ball in the summer as a kid, but in the fall, I was resting, basically just resting and, and cooling out yeah. and, and going into another sport. But, but I didn't do it year-round. I didn't do it year-round at all. Right. But, I mean, a lot of, I think a lot of these times these parents are playing through themselves through what they did with their kids. Uh-huh. Well, everybody that's... has this big <laughs> wish that they want their kid to go to the major leagues, do this, do that, and they, they put so much pressure and burden on these kids. They burn them out, and then the top of that, they're getting injury, having Tommy John surgery. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah, see, I hear I hear guys talk about I came that close to to making it in the big leagues or making it in a, in a big stage in a band or whatever. And then coach they put, would put me in fourth yeah, quarter. Yeah, in one state. now my kid's gonna take <laughs> he's gonna take the baton and finish, finish, take us across the finish line. <laughs> Ad, there's so much going on in the NFL this week, uh, and uh, we're, we're gonna. There's a story that's gotten uh, overshadowed. Uh, it's about the Hall of Fame, uh, you know, and, and, and Junior Seau. Um, we talked about this. Why don't you, why don't you uh, enlighten our audience what's going on with that, and then give us your thoughts. Well, first of all, it's a tragedy what happened to Junior Seau. Anyway, you know, he played 20 years, and you know, a lot of people even knew this in Latin. You know the. The two, the two years before he had, you know, the, the, the way before he committed suicide, that he, he was having issues anyway, physically and stuff. And I feel a little guilt thing because I knew him and I'm involved with Dr. Aim with the concussion situation. I should have reached out to him. I didn't do it. And of course, he had the tragic, you know, he did the tragedy where he committed suicide. And the thing is, what you're really talking about is the Hall of Fame and, and, uh, and the fact that they won't let the family 
make a speech. I don't know what the NFL is afraid of, but I think if they don't do that, I think that's brand, that, that's gonna, that, that's tarnishing the brand. That looks that. worse than anything. That you know, I mean, say. that's terrible to, to deny the family to do it. And, and you, you know, hey, you big boys, take it. They have something to say concerning, you know, the tragic the tragic death of him and and what the issues are. That's what it is. I mean, right. that's part of the brand. Hey, you let these people talk and. and and still mourn over their loss, and 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 and, uh, and show that what kind of guy this guy was from an uh, internal family standpoint. But I think that's a bad move in the NFL. One more bad step, one more bad day to do something like that. The ban. I mean, he can't talk. He's gone. Who's going to talk on his behalf? Some other teammate? Well, you could do that, but the band, you know, the daughter wants to wants to speak about it. So uh, I'm totally against that. Uh, yeah, they need their hands slapped for that one. That's and that's, that's I, real. I, I don't understand what they're afraid of. I know. Because, yeah. Because as, well, you know, as no, this, no matter this, this, how this, much this, that family's hurting, they love football as much as he did. Absolutely. I guarantee you that. Yeah. I mean that. Well, they they showed so that. Much, it's so much a part of the community that he grew up in. It's so, and he's so much a part of the game that there's no way that. You know, no matter how much they're hurting and how much they might have a legitimate beef with what has happened to him, I mean, I guarantee you that they are not going to have an irrevocable grudge against the game of football. Well, they showed that when they spoke at the at the the Murph, uh, when they at the big memorial thing for him. I mean, they, you know, that that family, uh, and like you said, and, and they 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 love football. And, and and here's a situation. It's always been a situation when a guy has, you know, gone into the Hall of Fame. I've seen their kids introduce, you know, the ones that are still living, kids speak on their behalf and, uh, you know, people that they've designated and, and things like this. And uh, to not let the family speak because you're afraid they're going to say something that's going to upset you, uh, it just makes, you know, the brand look even worse. He does, yeah. yeah. Absolutely, but see, they, you know, here, here's even the thing: what they're really worried about. You see, they've been beat up about the concussion, the lawsuit. They, they, they fear the concussion talk. That's what they, that's what they're fearing. Well, so be it. It's part of it's part of your game now. That's what. That's why they don't want them to talk. They worried about them coming up with the concussion stuff. In, in, in lights of what's going on, and what I was a part of. There's been, you know, I got my book out talking about it. Uh, there's other people talking about it. You know, I got a film coming out about it. They know about this Sony film. I mean, they just really don't want it to, to, to be embarrassed even more specific about Junior Seau, who played 20 years in the National Football League, and they do not want the possibility of the family speaking on that. That's my opinion. That's what I think that they're with the league is well, about. It's not going away. I mean, like you said, you've been talking about it. Uh, yeah. Last week we talked about Joe Namath. Is, is he's out there, on, you know, <laughs> stomping on it now. Uh, a lot of people, you know, it's 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 in the public eye. You can't run away from it. You can't hide from it. You can't create all the gates in the world to try to dis, you know distract from it. Um, they might as well face it head on. And 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 here's a guy, a guy like you said, he played 20 years in the NFL. He's gone in the Hall of Fame. He deserves to be in the Hall of Fame. And if his family wants to speak uh, on his behalf as he's inducted in the Hall of Fame, that's exactly what should happen. Well, the bottom line is, you know, that's what they fear. And, you know, as I speak, and you know about the book and everything, and, and, I, and I'm telling you, the movie really is going to put a, 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 a light on it. So, I mean, they might as well let them talk because the movie's going to be unbelievable. And they can't stop Sony from coming out with it. You know, so, 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 so the bottom line is, I mean, of course, you know, you know, you really you can't play pro football for 20 years and not have some, some ill effects. I mean, 20 years of getting your brain, banging your head, 
you know, so that's one of the things. that He's monumental. He's an Iron Man, but 20 years of pro football. Wow, that's something else. And that's what they fear. Yeah, uh, well, they, they need to they need to wake up. And, and Goodell, he, Goodell, he's he's got a whole lot of issues. And, and this week, he we we talk about the. Uh, I can't believe we're still talking about this. Oh my uh, god! This deflate, this deflate stuff. And the season's about to start. But Goodell, uh, you know, he uh, he upheld his decision, uh, and 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 all heck is broken loose, man. Kraft uh, Kraft came out today, and I mean, he had some pretty or yesterday had some pretty powerful things to say. Um, and you know, it, it's interesting. Um, it's, it's at a point now where, you know, he could have put this to bed. He could have moved on and now it's just lingering, lingering on. And it's like we've said before, what else are they trying to distract us from? And, you know, is because this is something that should, should have been over. We're talking about pounds per square inch here. That's, that's it. And it's, it's, it's balls and stuff. Yeah. It's, it's it. Man. You know, I mean, it's, it's like a reality show now. And, 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 and let me tell you this, and you guys probably already know this, but between Brady, Kraft, and the National Football League, when you're talking about fines and everything else, it's going to come out to $10 million. Can you believe that? $10 million on this plate, you did this, 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 this football issue with the pressure and stuff. Can you believe that? The NFL spent $7 million. They fined Kraft a million bucks. And they're going to be taking two million from Brady, and in the process, and they lost the draft choice. But in the process, that's ten million dollars. Also had a whole bunch more clicks on ESPN.com during an otherwise boring off season, and it kept people from reading stories about Junior Seau's family not being able to speak at his Hall of Fame induction and all that other stuff. So it's. It's a huge win on their part. Yeah. It's as silly as the whole thing. It was well silly. managed. Yeah, it's it's an incredible orchestration. Hmm. Well, the bottom line, the, the bottom line is, and this is what I feel is that look now, now you talking about the brand being tarnished within management and I end to the place. So both sides, as far as I'm concerned, is screwing everything up. It's going to become a fiasco. They're going to have their fan base. They're going to lose their fan base with all this kind of stuff. They really are. You know, and then you, and what we tell me about the women who who were pissed off about the the way they did they're doing Tom Brady versus Ray Rice and how they did about the domestic abuse based on the football and talking about they were being insulted behind you know how they're giving Brady four games and, and they're giving you know Ray Rice what an exotic league behind someone knocking a woman out <laughs> they yeah. got all that going now. I, I heard that when the, when the thing first came out. I... First thing I heard was some woman talking about, I can't believe that this guy, you know, they're talking about some deflated balls, and, you know, they give him the same thing that they offered. I think Ray Rice's first suspension was two, was, games. Was two games. Yeah. And so, you know, you look at things like that, and you talk about, you know, protecting the brand. Man, they're, they're shitting the brand right down the, down the toilet. Yeah, ass backwards. Yeah. Yeah. And don't forget about the toilet paper. <laughs> but see I, was in, see, I was in my office today, and there was one woman says, he says, Anthony, did they really spend $7 million on in this investigation? I said, absolutely. And combined, they find the pages a million, and they're going to be getting time for two. With the suspensions of the game. And the woman goes, she says, that's not even the real world. You got billionaires and millionaires going at it like that, and you got people out here that can't eat. That's not the real world. So, no, honey, that ain't the real. That's their world, but that's not the real world. Well, you know, it's, inter- it's interesting. I mean, it, yeah. it, it, the woman was so distraught about, and then she got into the point about the domestic violence versus the, the plate gate and all this kind of stuff. I said, hey, you know, that, that money world, big-time athletics and stuff, 
professionally, it's, 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 it's out of control. It's just out of control. It's absurd. She says, I'm not watching football. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, it's, it's, uh, there's so many interesting, uh, not, I mean, if you got to deal with the interesting aspects of this, you know, you talk, I, uh, you know, I heard that, you know, Goodell got pissed off because he, he made an offer. He offered Brady two game suspension, but he had to give up. The, he had to give up the the the, the, the ball boy and, and the guys in the in the uh, in the locker room. He Brady refused to do that. So then they try to spin it. They try to spin it with, uh, well, he destroyed his cell phone. But see, the thing is, is uh, they already turned over all the electronic evidence. You don't need a cell phone to get the you know. If there's any texting evidence, you could you they. That's that's electronic evidence, which apparently they've already turned over. They turned over previously. And as I can attest to, a destroyed cell phone is not evidence of nothing. Intent to hide anything. It's nothing. Sometimes you just throw your cell phone in the ground and destroy it. Yeah. <laughs> you don't have to be trying to hide anything. You just might have had yeah, a little more. If you ain't hide that anyway, the data's there. Can they spend all well, seven million dollars? That, the data's already that's there. That's the thing. The data's already there, and they don't. And apparently, what my my point is is. They don't have it because I mean they have the data, but they don't have what they want because their their whole their whole spin is well, uh, you know he destroyed his cell phone. Well, you have the data, so if if, if you got him dirty, then why don't you just say we got him dirty on the data? You know, uh, another interesting thing I heard was you know a lot of times with big businesses and big corporations, uh, previous practice and previous things are, are, are what are you know be sets the standard. And I heard a report, and I haven't followed up on it, but I heard a report that said that previously the only person that's been fined for uh, obstructing uh, an NFL investigation or not participating or whatever they want to call it was Brett Favre, and he was only fined fifty-five thousand dollars. What was that for? His dick pics? Uh, was he? He was still in the league then, so it yep. must have been. Yeah. Must have been. So he was only they fined. Claimed, they, they claimed he was sexing and all that. Yeah. Stuff so that was his, his. His fine was fifty-five thousand. So you know, there's a. It, the, 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 you know, thought is that there's a whole lot of uh, big, big chance. You know, this goes to a, to a federal court. There's a big chance that the, you know the NFLs are going to look even worse than they are. Um, you know, already do. So it'd be interesting to see how that pans out. But I'm kind of over it. Uh, if we have to, if we have to deal with it, it'll be interesting to see how it pans out. I wish it would all just go away and we can get on to other things. Well, I think most some people think he, if he goes to federal court, he's going to win. I don't think it's going to happen. Oh, I, he'll definitely win if he goes to federal court. The NFL will lose. So. NFL will lose. They've got, you know, they, 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 I've heard people pick apart this, uh, this, this. Um, what's the guy's name? Wall or uh, the guy who did the report? Uh, they picked apart uh, all he has. All he has is conclusions based on assumptions. He's got no solid evidence. Uh, you know, they, 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 you know, they, they said that there's nothing. This is all. You know, this is all speculation. Yeah, you believe what you want to believe. I believe OJ killed two people, but you know, he walked on it. So, uh, yeah. you know, I I, I think uh, you know, it, it, they don't. It doesn't appear that they have solid evidence, and I think that's why Kraft was bold enough to say what he said. He said, you know, I, I made a mistake. I thought, you know, doing what I did with you know the, the NFL would do the right thing because there's the science isn't there, the evidence isn't there. And you know, he says he felt you know they let everybody down. So I I, I kind of see I kind of see that same point. Well, I will be. I'm, I'm now. You're saying I think a lot of people are saying that they went to if he goes to federal court, he doesn't win, and some people say they do. So you're the one. You're on the side of him him winning it. So oh, yeah. let's all wait and see. Since they've already made a fiasco out of this damn thing, anyway, let's, let's find out and see exactly what's going to happen. Because I can tell you, that the league is tarnished. The image is messed up. 
Oh, I mean, it, it, it puts a bad taste. I mean, look, I played league, and I really don't even want to watch this stuff anymore. Because now I'm, I'm thinking, okay, who's cheating now? Who's taking dope now? Who's kicking some girl's ass now? Who, you know, who's running red lights? You know, that's what I'm going to think about now. You know, who's doing something? What other kind of crap's going to go on? So, I mean, it, it, it's become a, it's become a sideshow. Yeah. A sideshow for all this crap now. You know, it's, it's unbelievable. I don't know where the league's going now. What do you gonna call it? The NF messed up league. <laughs> well, Come you know, it's it, it, you know, the, it's really taken. A, I mean, we're talking guys are back in camp, and uh, you're kind of wondering what's what's uh, you know what's what's going on with that. I, you know, one of the things I want to ask you about was uh, God, what's his name? The DB for the Seahawks, Sherman. No, the other one. Um, uh, I don't even know. It wasn't. It wasn't Sherman. It was uh, I can't remember his name. But anyway, he, uh, I'll look it up real quick. Uh, I'll get to that. I'll Google that while we talk about this other thing. Uh, you know Charles Haley, right? Charles Haley, big old Haley. <laughs> well, you know, trash, he, talk, trash talking Haley. <laughs> <laughs> you know, he said the thing. You know, you've talked about many times. You know, a lot of the guys, a lot of guys are out there doing things and uh, there's, and they're getting involved in stuff that they shouldn't be getting involved in. And you said you made you made you made a good point of it. You said a lot. And the the worst, you know, one of the worst things about it is a lot of these guys. Uh, it seems to be the majority of them are, are the, the black guys. And so Haley spoke to some rookies uh, recently in uh, San right. Francisco. And uh, he, he he said, I said some things that, uh, that uh, maybe a little unconventional, but he says, I know they probably got mad. He says, but I said is, why don't you all act like the white guys? You never see them in the paper getting high or hitting people. Why don't you act like that? He said, they all just look to me like I was crazy. Uh, but uh, and I think his point is, is you know, hey, you're, you're, you're an adult. Uh, they're paying you a whole lot of money. Uh, you know, you can behave off the field and, and enjoy this career. Uh, you know, and, and people are upset about the way he said it, but, uh, you know, sometimes you got to say well, things, you know, just say well, it, well, get hey, it out there. This is what I took from Haley. Mm-hmm. This is how I took it. Yeah, he could have, the message was right, but the way he delivered it was wrong. But the bottom line is just basically what he was saying. He was pulling that he was going back to the old days of when I played and guys before him and said, hey, you know something? If you'd have done that when we played or the guys before me, He'd be out of football. No nonsense. Because what I'm saying, he's probably saying, because guess what, guys? If you looked at the coach wrong in, in them days, you're gone. And you guys up here running in the trees, jumping on women, smoking dope, and doing all this kind of stuff. That's basically what he was saying. You know, I mean, the message was good. It's just the words came out wrong. And then, you know, and then you, if there's ways of getting the message across on a sophisticated way and saying that. But he's just raw. He's just a raw guy. And, 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 and he wears his emotions on his hip. He played that way. And he's, and he's speaking that way to these guys. And, 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 and as a mature person listening to that in the room, I don't think all of them were offended. I think some were. But the bottom line, I think the message would get the message. The message is, hey, this is an opportunity. This is the things that we, this is the things that we knock the walls down for you. Be respectful. Treat it. Look at all this money you people are making, and do it, and, and represent this shield the best way you can. Even though it's messed up these days, 
but you know, you're giving you an opportunity to play and make this money, and you got you're gonna have a short-lived career anyway. Most of you. That's basically what he was saying. That's all. He doesn't say it this sophisticated way. He just said, "Won't you just act like white? Won't you just act like some of the white guys, and then you'd be okay." <laughs> Hell with it. Try <laughs> to five times Super Bowl, Charles. Hey. That's right. So I five, five rings. We've got three different teams. And I, endo- you know, let me tell you, I endorse his courage. It just it came out wrong, you know. But if you're mature enough, you get the message, because a lot of these guys, a lot of these black guys, come out of these uh, uh, un- un- unprivileged area, no father in the house. No guides and stuff, and that's what happens. And then it's like you go, you, you feast of famine. All of a sudden, you're eating hamburgers. Next day, you eating flea mignons, and you got a million dollars. You got a Ferrari in your driveway. So, so that's a culture shock. So that's basically what he's saying. So act accordingly. One of the uh, one of the thing I was going to bring up a second ago. <laughs> exactly. Um, hang on a second, man. I got I got to pause this real quick. Adia, uh, I was going to talk about uh, Cam Chancellor. Apparently. He's oh, gonna, yeah. He's talking about holding out, holding out on camp. Uh, he he, you know, he's got three years left on his contract now. I I defend the players when I say that the um, the league, you know, these teams they they go out and they they, they have a contract with a guy and then they and they you know they get rid of them or they cancel their contract or, or, or you know they don't, they try not they try to weasel out of the contracts. But on the flip side of that is. Um, uh, the flip side of that is, you know, you're a player and you got multiple years left on your contract. You know, you got to kind of honor that too. If you want, if you want the, if you want the NFL to honor your contract on, uh, you know, when things are when things are good, you got to have the, you got to kind of have the, you kind of honor your part of the contract. Especially, you know, I think he's already he's supposed to get four million this year. I mean, come on, give me a break. Uh, you know, I know, I know he wants everybody wants to be the top of the top of the heap, but. Uh, you know, what are your thoughts on, the, on these guys when you know, they, they, you know, oh, not, man, the contract's but, not up and they want to no. hold out? I understand if you're negotiating in, during a contract, you know, season. Well, first of all, it depends on the player, it depends on the position, it depends on where you are in the organization. You know, the organization feel, look, we need to eat. If the guy has three years left, let's kind of man. But, you know, I think that he's, he's this star, our organization. Let's tie him up now. But, unfortunately, in his situation, he's got three years left. You've got to honor that. And if you can, if you go out and kick some butt this year, with this one year, maybe they might sit down and talk to you. But sit around and be a, to be defined, not going to camp. That's a bad. I don't know who's advising him, but he better get in the camp. Yeah, that's bad. Three years out, man. Come on, you can't do that. I mean, you got to honor even if he is. Look, look, this like a Russell Wilson. He's gonna get his, and he's got smart people around him. But to, 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 to talk this trash about sitting out for three, with three years up on your contract. You know what you did when you signed the first one. You know how it is. You know you got to be a four-year guy before you even get you got before you even get that kind of money to get that guaranteed money. So that's what they're trying to do. They're trying to get to that guaranteed money. Yeah. You take like Desmond, the guaranteed money, because everybody knows it's not like baseball, or basketball. You got to be in the league to get to that point where you can get the guaranteed money, and that's and that's how the NFL gets you because they know most guys won't get to that third, that fourth year. Right. To get that guaranteed money. But he he's not there yet. He, he that's just one of the things. You you're no man's man. So you know, they're not going to the Seahawks are not going to tear up your your contract now. But if you had a borderline team in the National Football League, you wouldn't be talking this trap. Right. The fact that you've been to two Super Bowls, and, and the way he's talking, it's like it's like he's been the biggest contributor on that team. No, no, you, this that's a whole team concept led by the beast mode. That's all it is. You see, that's anchor that team. 
and Sherman is anchored that defense basically. But you're not gonna get you're not gonna get his kind of money until you play another year or two. Now if he plays if he plays like he did in the previous couple years, whatever, like he is now, then he'll get his money. But right now he got to wait. At least wait. At least wait that after this year to maybe talk about it. Maybe you can get him to do it. But not three years out. You got this year and two more. Right. Well, you mentioned you mentioned the name there. You mentioned Russell Wilson, and, and uh, in the same the same uh, interview I was listening to uh, Tim Hasselback talk about the U Sports. Uh, I forgot who he was, whose show he was on. The guy asked him about uh, Russell Wilson, Russell Wilson's uh, contract, and and uh, you know you're saying you know, some people were saying, hey, you know this guy, this guy, this young quarterback's asking for too much and that. And Hasselback had a good point. He says, listen, he, he says he goes name another third rounder that went to two consecutive two consecutive two consecutive Super Bowls, won one. Uh, almost won the second, and he should says, have won the second. And he one. said, and he's also, uh, you know, he's he's performed better than guys who get paid a whole lot more. And uh, it's time for it's time for his contract, you know, negotiation. I mean, yeah, you know, he says. Uh, um, so it's he says it's not it's not unheard of for somebody that has done un, uh, outstanding, unusual things at a time to uh, have a chance at this uh, franchise spot and, and get that kind of, you know, get the big money. And he says, and uh, he ho- he expects him to, and he says he deserves to. Now, uh, I heard a report later, uh, you know, Russell Wilson is trying to get this contract thing uh, taken care of before the season starts. Uh, but if uh, if negotiations don't go through prior to the first game of the season, he's, uh, they're going to, he's, uh, his, the thought was he's going to stop negotiations, play his season, and then uh, pick it up again at the at, at the at the end of the season. Uh, the guy sounds really focused. Uh, or, or is this a real business? Is this a is this an outstanding business tactic? What are, what are your thoughts on that? Well, here, well, here's the deal with Russell Wilson. What I said, you know, I heard some commentators like I heard Skip Bayless talking about. Well, he's not he's he's not he's not Tom Brady. He's not Aaron Rodgers. He's not. Let me, let me say this to make this clear. Anybody listening to me? I played the game. I don't know. I don't know about these guys talking about who is it. But in the body of play, the way the Seattle Seahawks play, the way the structure is, the way the system is, even though you got Marshall Lynch back there running the ball, you got Russell Wood. Here's the bottom line. He's the captain of that ship. Based on their fly, what they're doing, he does it the best. He's been to two Super Bowls. You could talk about he's this and he can't make the throws. He can't. That's, that's BS. He performs within that system the way they want. Okay, and he flourishes at that. And you're right. A third string, your third, the third round guy, two Super Bowls, should have won the second one. You know, poor, poor play gun. But the man deserves his money based on the scope of work that the Seahawks do. And see, that's what people tend to forget. He's playing within a system that works, and he makes it happen. And they're gonna be right back there this year. And he is smart to say, if it doesn't work before the season starts, I'm gonna play it out and something. And he will get his. He is one of the league quarterbacks in the, in the league. And some people, if you heard, they're trying to question his ability. They said, hey, the man can play. Yeah. The man has exceptional arm. He ain't the biggest in the world, but, but, but you know, I've never seen that. You never, you, never, you never judge the size of the cat. You judge, you judge the size of the cat's heart. And the bottom line is he, he is that and everything else. And, 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 and by the way, and by the way, now, I know a whole lot of guys in the league making more money. They, they ain't invented two Super Bowls. Cutler's one. Tony Romo's another. And they got, what, 55 guarantee? A P? I mean, come on. So he's going to yeah. get his money. You know, it's a, he's going to get his money. I always laugh at guys that say, well, you know, he's not the best in the league, not the best in the league. You know, the best player in a lot of, uh, a lot of leagues or, or a lot of professions don't always uh, – 
you know, win the championships or come out the best or, or make it to, the, you know, achieve, achieve the highest uh, achievement, uh, you know, that you can achieve in that profession. And just because you're the best, uh, somebody's better than you uh, on, on paper, then, you know, the leadership is a whole other ball game, and what you're surrounded by is a whole other ball game. But if you deliver out there every day, and you, you like you said, championships means a whole lot of things, then uh, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter that you didn't throw as far as the other guy, or you didn't do the. You know, there was a there was a statistic somebody put out uh, this week, last year, or the last three years. The last three years, the the number one passer. Uh, in the, in the uh, 20 yards or more, the most accurate pass for 20 yards or more is a guy everybody talks about is on the downside of his career is Peyton Manning. He's at 45%, and uh, I think the next guy is at, the next is 44%, and then it drops off from there. So, uh, you know, in, 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 you know, Peyton Manning has proven himself as a <clears throat> as probably one of the best quarterbacks to play in the, in the league. He's a definitely he's going to be a first-round Hall of Famer. Uh, but uh, he hadn't been in the Super Bowl in quite a few in, in, in a few years, and uh, he hasn't won one in a few years. So, um, you know, being being the best and being you know being the top on 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 the on the paper and you know on the statistics and stuff doesn't necessarily mean a whole lot when it comes right down to the the performance and uh, carrying carrying the trophy and putting the ring on. Here's the deal: where I come from, you measure by your championship. You could be good, but you measure the greatness is measured by the championship you have. That's on all levels. So well, I mean, you know, Brady for Bradshaw for. There you go. <laughs> and, uh, but, but that hasn't happened in a while. So, uh, <laughs> you just say it. You just say it, Eddie. <laughs> yeah, you know, you know, they they need to come. They need to come consult with me to talk about the championship stuff. <laughs> I, haven't, I haven't seen one in a long time. But the bottom, but the bottom line is, you're measured by championship, and that's where the league go. You know, Bradshaw, you know, uh, Starback, Joe Montana. You know, you know, and then Brady. I mean, that's where it is. Rothenberg, all these guys who have multiple championships, I and mean, he doesn't have. He just has one. He's 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 performed great. Peyton's performed great in the regular season, but that does, but that doesn't put him in the league class of all the rest of these guys. A lot of people try to push him there, but he didn't do what Bradshaw did. He didn't do what Brady did. He you know he didn't he didn't do what Elway did. He has one. His brother has two. They don't even consider him elite. <laughs> yeah, but, but he, he, he's got he's got bragging rights at Thanksgiving dinner every yeah, year. Absolutely, he has bragging rights over a lot of people. You know, I mean, he he, he talk trash, but he could talk amongst talk trash amongst all of them. Yeah, and Russell Wilson can do it now at the, at, at the mere twenty six years old. So I'm just saying, like I said, within the scope of his work and what they do at Seattle, he is the man. So people, people just don't look at it that. Look at the system. Look how he performs. And as far as I can see, I've seen it. Like I say, everything is measured on your championships and your run. And, and pound for pound, he's doing better than everybody in the league. Uh, with the exception of Brady. Last thing. I, go, go ahead. Do you have one more thing you want to say about that? Oh, no, no. I'm fine. I've I'm, I'm run my mouth enough on that. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> last thing. We, we, there's somebody we talked about the last last couple of weeks. We, 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 we've talked, we touched on him. Several times throughout the year, uh, Yasiel Puig. Uh, apparently, uh, the Dodgers—they uh, say for the right offer, they'll let him go. Uh, you know, there's still talk about uh, this guy's head. You know, you know, and and uh, his uh, his ability to get along with players in the locker room, and 
and you know, follow follow coach's guidelines and whatnot. And you know, for a guy with so much talent, and, and them to say, hey, uh, you know, he's, he's he's available if somebody gives us the right, you know, we can pick shore up some pitching or whatnot. Is that a bluff to try to shake you know shake him and uh, get him to get his head right, or is, is that for is that for real? I don't know what his deal is. But I can tell you the words I've heard is that when Henry Maris and uh, and when Uribe left the team, I think those two were his mentors. And I think when Kemp went to San Diego, that bothered him too because he 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 had, a, he had a comfort zone with those guys. And uh, the fact that you know that they're gone. That enhanced a lot of his behavior, and then. But the bottom line is, if I was if I was advising him through an interpreter, I said, "Look, you came out of Cuba, man. You're here in the United States. You're getting this money. You're playing in the best league in the world. You need to straighten up because you end up like Royal Mondesi. They'll run you right out of here on the first bus going south. <laughs> so I'm so I'm so I'm so, I don't know what the issues are." But you need you got to get along with your, your teammates. You got to get along here. You can't be late. You can't be doing this. You can't do any of that stuff. They're running out, and and that'll scare the teams as well. And if you can't perform for the Dodgers in the number two market, that scares other teams. It really does. It doesn't matter how how talented he is, but, but attitude on the professional level is big. Is big. You see, as far as I'm concerned, as far as raw talent in the league is Mike Trout, and ball base was Mike, Mike Trout and him. And you got McCutcheon, you got a few other people that I that I admire. But those two guys, those are five tool guys. Run, speed, hit the power, hit hit for everything defensively. But the problem is I think the fundamental attitude of Quig is, is what's hurting him. Now we don't we, we all don't know from the outside of what from the distance we don't know really what he's going through. But whatever it is he needs to straighten it out. Yeah. But the word I've heard is that when those when those two guys when those three guys left the team uh, and you don't know how true it is. I, I think that affected him. Well, I, I mean, because they kept him on the straight and narrow, from what I understand. Well, I mean, if that's the case, then I hope that he finds somebody else to help him. But but also, the bottom the line is maturity. Case, someone the, needs to the, tell him, dude, you're an adult. Like, you, you yeah, that's right. But the maturity is, you know, somebody needs to pull this, put a rope around his neck and say, look, man, let me tell you something. You want to stay here in these United States? You want to play in this great game and get 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 this get this Disneyland money you're getting, or you want to go back to Fidel Castro? You know, you know, you make your choice. You know, so I mean, so you just want to be here, be lost in the United States. You got all this money, and then somebody end up taking it all from you. You know, so I mean, to heat the way I seen, and also also him being hurt, I think he's been frustrated because he's been hurt, so he's behind. He's very competitive. So, frankly, this is going to be almost a wash year for him and the Dodgers. And if they don't get there after get in the postseason, they won't be there anyway again. Because the team that beat in, 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 in the in the the National League West is still the Giants, which is back in first place now. And, and they're in the home stretch now because it's, it's August right now. You really got two much two more months of the season. I, I happen to know that tonight was Yasiel Puig uh, bobblehead night for the Doyers, and <laughs> uh, you know, as far as I'm concerned. As long as they got to give your bobblehead out while you're still on the team, anything after that is borrowed time. So, I, I don't. Really, you think that way, T Bone? You wouldn't even have given no meat after the game, no meat. I don't think they're gonna unload him just right now. You know, but you know, I think that if they were gonna ditch him. They would at least make sure they didn't have to pull all those bobblehead. Dogs well, now wait a second. Juan Uribe, he had his bobble day. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, he wasn't even on the team. He wasn't on the team. And that was a disaster. <laughs> it was a disaster. It was a disaster. <laughs> it was. Are you kidding me? No, because they, they had it scheduled no, way out in advance. A couple of those. And uh, yeah, it's not the first time. Yeah. Um, and then he got traded to Atlanta. He's with, he, yeah, he's a, he's with yeah. He, when he when Atlanta came into town, they did his bobblehead day. He, yeah, he had one of those right. where he just went to the other clubhouse. Yeah, he got traded to the team. And now he's with the Mets. Yeah. So well, that's like uh, that's like uh, pitching a no hitter one day and being on the trading block the next. Yeah. <laughs> well, Cole Hamels was on the trading block before. He well, I know, but his yeah, stock went up for yeah. sure. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, good for him. Yeah, <laughs> AD as always, man. It's it's a blast to have a chance to chat with you and, and touch on what's happening in the world of sports, and we'll do it again next week, man. Well, I just got to get ready for Martha. <laughs> <laughs> Martha, where are you? <laughs> I, we're going to demand reports this. next yeah. week, bro. I cannot uh, wait okay. to hear more about this. All right. <laughs> Thanks, All right. AD. Possibly off All right. The great Anthony Davis, y'all. You listen to Sue Show on the Talks Show Radio Network. This is Xene, the virus. Back after this.
I go to school with your children. We say the Pledge of Allegiance together. I'm one out of every four children in America, and I'm struggling with hunger. I'm lucky to grow up where I could be whatever I want. I want to grow up and be someone who doesn't go to bed hungry. Please visit feedingamerica.org today and find your local food bank. Every dollar you donate helps provide seven meals for kids like me. Together, we're Feeding America. Brought to you by Feeding America and the Ad Council. Hi, I'm Rebecca Romaine. As a former model, I used to walk runways all over the world. Paris, Milan, New York. This is Salif Diara. As a local health worker, he walks the pathways of his village in Mali, West Africa, every day to help treat severely ill children. Like many children in the developing world, those in Salif's village are threatened by common illnesses that kill millions worldwide. But unlike villages without a local health worker, the children in Salif's village get the care they need to survive. And even though you can't walk in his shoes, you can help him with his work. Help one, save many. See where the good goes at goodgoes.org and find out all the ways you can help get the good where it needs to go. Brought to you by Save the Children and the Ad Council. The views and opinions expressed by the individual hosts and their guests do not necessarily reflect those of Talk Story Radio, its affiliates, or sponsors. Hey, hey, everybody, this is Stefana here, and you're listening to Swoop's World, the best show, the best show. Yonder is a special place made for you and made for me.
children. We say the Pledge of Allegiance together. You see me around the neighborhood and you tell me that I'm a pretty good kid. Well, I'm one out of every five children in America and I'm struggling with hunger. This problem is closer than you think. My teacher tells me we can grow up to be whatever we want. I want to grow up to be someone who doesn't go to bed hungry. There's enough food in this country to feed everybody. Please visit feedingamerica.org today and find your local food bank for ways to help. Every dollar you donate helps provide eight meals for kids like me, quietly struggling with hunger. Together, we are Feeding America, brought to you by Feeding America and the Ad Council. Talk Story Radio. Hey, this is John Gannon, and I just had the greatest time on Swoop's World here. Radio Network. Right, man, we, we're about to get into T-Bone's timeout, but uh, we, you know, before uh, before we do that, uh, Peter, how about a little bit audible.com, man? Audible.com. Uh, if you were to go to audibletrial.com forward slash swoopworld, you would find yourself in a place where you could get a free download. You could get your first audio book for free. Uh, if you're going to go that route, pick a really long book. Um, uh, but Get where someone else's money's worth? Yeah, uh, where you know, Audible has just a great. There's a, just a great 250,000 titles. Um, we talked about this, I think, a little bit last week, where they've got some great. I just read a book where you know, you guys aren't Trekkie so much, but the 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 newer Star Trek generation. Uh, the guy Will Wheaton, who he played. I the, love uh, Will Wheaton. Will oh. Wheaton. <laughs> okay, so you guys do know. Anyhow, he's done a whole bunch of auto, I, as I've discovered. That guy's funny. Ah, and he's well, and he's a good reader. Yeah. He's a good reader. He, it's it's maybe he's, he's actually a nerd. He's really a, he's, he's, really, totally, a, he's really a nerd. Yeah. But he's he good. He's yeah. a good reader, and uh, I just finished a book by him uh, where he read. He didn't. He didn't write the book. Anyhow, point is, they have lots of great talent out there. Um, I think I mentioned last week. Uh, I came across. I didn't. I haven't listened to this yet, but I came across a book by uh, that Colin Firth has read. Yeah. So there, there's some great talent out there. You can find. There's two different ways to go about this. You can find like the authors you like. Or the actors or performers that you like uh, who are going to read the books that you might want to yes, read. Yes, indeed. Um, 250,000 titles. Check it out. Audibletrial.com forward slash Swoopsworld. If you go that way, your first download's free, and the show will earn a few bucks. So help us out. 
For all your fitness needs, go to our good friend Jack Nunn. He will get you in shape, help you stay in shape, or get ready for any type of competition you want to get ready for. He's, uh, he's over at Rowworks Fitness, R-O-W-O-R-X, and he's got indoor rowing, boot camp, personal training, and much, much more. Located at 5750 Boathouse Lane here in the city of Long Beach, www.rowworks.com. Give him a call, 562-688-1716. Let him know the swoops roll sent you. Your first visit is free. DraftKings, man! All right, for you folks who are into the fantasy sports, do not... Do not, do not, do not commit to another season of mediocrity. Get yourself on over to swoopsworld.com slash DraftKings and live life by the draft. You do it. If you suck, you start over. It's This is the ultimate etch-a-sketch of fantasy sports. Uh, you just do a Taylor Swift and you shake it off and you start again. And... I tell you what, man, it is the place, if you like fantasy sports in theory and you hate 16 weeks where you kind of got a raw deal on the beginning, if you like to make excuses, this is your joint because you make an excuse and you start again and then maybe eventually you hit it and you don't have an excuse anymore because you win. And at the end of it, you don't win some you know, trophy made of zeros and ones. You can win actual real currency. Real virtual like, dollars. Ac- actual American dollars, <laughs> you know, granted in digital form, but, I mean, not just zeros and ones. They theoretically have some sort of fiat value. So get yourself on over to swoopsworld.com slash DraftKings. If you click there, you get a free entry into a big money giveaway. So check it out. It is a lot of fun, and you might actually win a few doll hairs in the process. That's what I'm talking about. If you want to grow your own food, and no matter where you live, you live in a small little spot, or you live in a big house with a lot of space, you want to grow 20 plants at a time, or 28 plants at a time, or more than that, an easy way to do it is through an aeroponic gardening system. Just check it out. Go to gardentower.co, and you can learn all about it. You out ready for a little T-Bones timeout, man? Yeah. Why a heck I'm not? I'm entirely sure what we're going to talk about yet. Oh, uh, you know that sound? All right. It's time for sports with T-Bones timeout. Or as we say it here, it's T-Bones timeout. I uh, really is, man. I, I, uh, the wind has completely died. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I, wind, I, what's that? <laughs> I was sitting over on the other side Concept of the studio earlier, you know, at the beginning of the show, uh-huh. and there were, you know, random pieces of flotsam and jetsam <laughs> blowing around because there was a breeze coming from the out of doors, and now that is just gone. Mm-hmm. Um, Dead still. Also, I noticed that, you know, we talk about catchphrases and buzzwords that people use semi-repetitively during the course of the show. And First I realized that I used, boy, I tell you what, <laughs> during the DraftKings uh, spot. A lot of, uh, a lot of, uh, <laughs> boom, hour shit. <laughs> 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 and I love King of the Hill. I absolutely do. But I probably shouldn't be using I tell you what. <laughs> In the course of my radio duties, not unless we go back to terrestrial radio in San Antonio. I got no shins. 
Oh my god. <laughs> it's good to be back here in the studio though, man. I, I really do enjoy every chance I get to be in here. It's it's been a lot of fun. It is. It continues to be. Exactly. Uh, you know, I hear that things may change sometime. <laughs> Someday. I don't like change, though. You know, I, I like to make fun of my, my wife, which is already a change, but I like to make fun of her no, for fearing change. Tub, I love it. Almost. Almost. Yeah, almost. yeah I, I, I still it's feel buffet. like I have to throw some sort of disclaimer in there. Like, yes, this is new. Uh, but, you know, hey, we talked a little bit. We we got a new toy, and by toy I mean pet, and by pet I mean animal living in our apartment. A rescue. Uh, we rescued... And by we, I mean I. And I'm not the animal lover in the house. Uh, rescued a fine little blue-bellied lizard. This guy, he's about uh, three centimeters. You know, I'm going to go metric for Man, all you science you. nerds out you. there. Up. And I'm going to go even more science nerdy. Not really science nerdy, but like movie nerdy. Uh, his name... Indominus Rex. <laughs> and for those see, of you who for those of you who have seen the new Jurassic World movie, you probably will get a chuckle out of the fact that an inch long lizard is named Indominus Rex. If you haven't seen it, just go see it. Come on, man. Like live a little bit. Enjoy a little bit of pop culture. I swear it's not all bad. Um, now if you have seen the movie, you'll like this. If you haven't seen it, spoiler alert. This little critter that we have, he can hide incredibly well. Uh, not just because he's small, but because he really doesn't want to be found. So I've already had to literally dig him out of the, the dirt in the tank twice. <laughs> Both times I prepared myself before I started digging, like, I'm going to pull a cold, dead lizard out of here. And both times, as soon as I find him... Look, he's already attached. He's I, already attached. I am attached to the guy. I'm more attached to him than the back half of his tail is because he caught, he got rid of that when I caught him. Um, I like the little guy, though. You know, he's cool. And I, twice now, like I said, have, have come out and seen this new tank that I, 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 I bought him a new house. You know, I haven't even bought myself a new house yet. And I bought this, I bought this little lizard buddy a new house. And I come out and I'm like, where the hell is the lizard? I'm like, I know he didn't get out. This thing is... I don't think he got it's out. It's a fortress. <laughs> and that's the, that's the tricky part. It's like, I don't think he got out. And I'm like, well, did I check, did I check underneath the lid before I opened it? Because, you know, they can climb all kinds of shit. So I really thought for a minute, like, oh my god, I somehow let this guy out in like the last 12 hours. Holy crap. <laughs> And I was like, no, he didn't get out. So I dig through all the dirt and stuff, you know, the substrate. And I find him, and I'm like, okay, he's alive. Tonight, though, I did actually dump some crickets in there. And, you know, since his name is Jurassic Park and, you know, the Jurassic franchise inspired, in the first Jurassic Park movie, they there's a goat that, like, they, they have a little oh, elevator, oh, yeah. elevator that pops the goat up off of the ground, and what's going to happen to the goat? He's going to eat the goat? And he's like, he doesn't want to be fed, he wants to hunt. Bullshit. This lizard does not want to hunt, he wants to be fed. So tonight, we dropped, like... Tonight we, we dropped some crickets right on this dude's head after I dug him out and was like, hey, you got the light, you know, be awake, go live your life for a few minutes before you just quit on it all and die under the dirt, because uh, that's kind of what I think is going to happen. But we woke him up, got him 
above ground. AD always says I'm above the dirt. Uh, we dropped some crickets literally right on the lizard's face. And then he's a, he's a little tiny dude. And one of these crickets was on the bigger side, like almost as big as the lizard. I was like, oh, the guy at the pet store said, don't let them get too big because then they might actually fight back. <laughs> and this lizard, legit, the biggest one, just demolished it. And it was, if you haven't seen the new Jurassic World movie yet, put your fingers in your ears. Because the new dinosaur <coughs> in the Jurassic World movie, who is the namesake for my new critter lizard, they don't, they don't give him a goat. They lower a freaking longhorn steer down there, and this dinosaur just demolishes it in like two seconds flat. And that is pretty much what this little guy did to this cricket. And I was like, yes, he's going to live at least a few more days. There's some sustenance. It was very happy. It's funny, and I don't know why it, I, why, why it went there, but when you start talking about feeding this thing, I, I just saw Robert De Niro look at you and say, really? I got nipples. Can you milk me? <laughs> And don't ask me why. You can, you can milk pretty much anything with nipples. Fuck the magic dragon. <laughs> uh, I don't know why that, that, that movie came up, but uh, it did. So, <laughs> don't rhyme a reason to my sick mind. But, uh. <laughs> So you had the sporting, that was actually the sporting world where you're talking about your, uh, you know, your lizard, uh, it's like a little, you know, Yeah, you know, hey, if, if somebody can That was like a coliseum you had him in. Yeah, right? I mean, if I can claim that I shot a lion with a bow and arrow and that's a sport, then I can claim that feeding a cricket to a lizard is a sport. Let me touch on this. I don't want to go into the whole Cecil thing because I'm, you know, whatever, but. Yeah, I don't name here, it. Here's the thing. Here's well, the thing. Wait, I, do, I, 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 I get, I, I get the whole. I hunt for sustenance. I feed my family off mm-hmm. of what I hunt. Yeah. I don't get the whole sport hunting thing at all. At all. I don't get right. I don't get the thing is I, I I need to put a big giant lion's head on my wall. Yeah. And and I'm really shocked that a fucking dentist makes enough money that he could pay fifty five thousand dollars to go hunt. That shocks you? In our healthcare system, that shocks you? <laughs> this isn't the first hunt he's been on. No, I know. And this, this is the first time he's had the in trouble time, yeah. for, for uh, allegedly. His black bear. Yeah. I don't, I don't think he really. He drugged that, what, eight miles or some bullshit? No, this guy, this guy is a piece of shit. Oh, yeah. But I don't believe that in the last 60 years there's really any good reason. I mean, there's probably never been a good reason, but there's really no excuse at this point to be like offing lions and giraffes and elephants and rhinos. Um, the novelty is gone. And I, I I don't know if you've been to joints where they have all of these, you know, cuz you you think about this crazy woodsy manzy place where there's all these animal heads on the wall, you know, you got all these mounts. Yeah, they're creepy. It is creepy. <laughs> They're always all dusty and shit. <laughs> but that's, I've, I've worked for a few of these people. Yeah, I know you have. <laughs> dusty at least means like, hey, dude, that was a long-ass time ago. Like, who's still killing these animals and putting them on the wall? I mean, oh, that's I, a good question. See, apparently my whole thing is, Minnesota. my whole thing is, like, if you're going to do, like, some sports hunting, then you should have a knife in your hand. And Ready, go. Go. 
And let's see what happens. And then if you come out and you... Really that's badass. That's a dangerous game. That's well, badass. If like, you're going to be real badass... Sans the knife. <laughs> no, you know, I mean, the bears, bears and lions, they got knives. They got their own knives. So you get... No guns, though. No guns. No guns. Because, because that's the difference between man and bear and lion and all these other critters is the gun. The gun, yeah. This guy walked in the wild... Thought he was going to be buddies with the bears because he's been there for like many a year. Grizzly Man. Well, yeah. Said, yeah, we've had enough of your shit. Right. <laughs> Great movie, by the way. Yeah. You mean the real Right one? up till the end. The actual, the actual, <laughs> the actual footage or, or the movie? The, like the, I said, the right, Hollywood version. Right up till the end. <laughs> Um, but that's what sports hunting. That to me, that's what that should be. Ah, the guy's a blow. Anything. He he. He's a douche. Yeah. Like you already had your freebie. You had to free me with the black bear. Yeah. Yeah. You killed a fucking bear. And what did you, he drug it, what, eight, four or eight miles? Long maybe. ways. Yeah, to get it, to get it under the right, and so, and they shot it illegally. That, that right there is oh, where you And they yeah, drug he, it, it to where it was legal, and, and the fucking park rangers go, well, what's this? Yeah, and so <laughs> this whole, this whole deal, this lion that, he didn't know. It was lured out of the protected area where he was like in a national park sanctuary kind of joint and he was tagged and GPS tracked and everything. And his this guy who shot this dentist, his guides, his local guides that he paid to be, you know, on top of things, lured the lion out of this area where he could shoot him with a bow and arrow and then tracked the lion for 40 hours until they found him again and shot him with a gun, yeah, because uh, he wounded him with the with the bow. I mean, at least do the South Park thing and say it's coming right for us before you shoot it. You know, listen, I have a, a, a acquaintance that I know that bow hunts every year, but he bow hunts I don't know somewhere down south and shit that he eats, right? And he brings it back and you know and everything. And when he has to track something that he's wounded and track it and track it and track it. He, he doesn't shoot it. He gets down there and, he, you know, he, he either puts another arrow in it or whatever. But he doesn't, cause I, we've talked about this. And he goes, no, I just, I, you know, we track it. Because it's, it's, he goes, it's not right to leave a wounded animal. He says, oh, he goes, you might spend hours tracking that thing. But he goes, you can find it. And he goes, and the deeper he goes in, he goes, that's all he has to, he's got to haul all that back out. Um, but that's his, that's his meat for the year. You know what I mean? And, you know. I mean, I'm listening to this is the second I, I swore I would never do this and it's the second book in a row that I've I've, I've got off an of audible that I've actually already read but I'm telling you I'm, I'm listening to Omnivore's Dilemma and and uh, when he starts talking about the whole the whole process of how they feed the you know the, the food what do they call it the food uh, food farms for the for the cattle mm-hmm. it's like ugh, why I, I understand why somebody goes in and hunts their own meat because, you know, the, the crap they're feeding these things. and Literally in some cases. Yeah, literally, exactly, in most cases. You know, if you don't, if you don't know your, if, you don't, if you're not friends with Betsy, uh, it's kind of hard, hard to eat some of that crap because uh, where it comes from. But, you know, tangent. Um, go back. I forgot where I was. I was headed somewhere with it. Oh, he tracks it all the way down and he, and he you know, he... he, he you know, he thanks it for giving its life and kills it humanely and hauls it back out and it doesn't go on his wall. You know, the meat's put in the, you know, they, they eat it all year long. There's these, this trophy hunt and shit. It's just nonsense, man. I am not in any way saying that I would 
not eat a lion because I absolutely would. Because I know a lion would eat me. That, that's eating. I know you're a lion would eat me. You're not going out there to like, yeah. to make a that's, rug. Yeah, like yeah. I I don't even like nylon rugs, let alone animal skin rugs. I mean, and granted, I haven't had an opportunity to do anything fun on an animal skin rug, but I, you know, even then, I feel like, ah. You're on a carcass. There are places that this could be done. Well, I mean, really, uh, that's kind of the idea, is to be on a carcass, right? <laughs> I'm not trying to get all Cosby on you, but... <laughs> I thought I thought you were gonna go down the road that you don't want to eat you don't like to eat pussy. You surprised me. I surprised you because I didn't go down that road. Yeah, man, I thought that's I thought that's where you're gonna go with that, man. How long have you known me? I don't know. I did. It was just. It just was. I I just thought you're gonna use that as a, the opportunity. I mean, just for anecdotal. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. That's, that's fair. <laughs> but, no, that, all right, so I don't know if you guys have been to uh, Texas much. I have. Yeah. I have. And I, there's a section I drive through Texas, and you know you're about to hit the cattle farms because, whoa. Oh, yeah. It smells like, it smells like Chino on crack. Yeah. Roll up the windows. Yeah. Turn on yeah. the AC. As, as you're, my, like, you're like, I wish I was in Chino. I agree. That used to say, smell that money. Um, but no, they're they're in San Antonio. There is a bar called the Buckhorn, I believe, and the Buckhorn Saloon. They have it's a. I've probably talked about this before. I don't even care. So <laughs> it's probably like twenty five feet wide, like a hundred feet long, and but the ceiling is like thirty feet high, and the entire wall behind the bar is floor-to-ceiling, wall-to-wall animal heads. Oh, wow. And not just cows and bears. And, I mean, it's... It's Texas, it's, huh? It's Texas, man. A couple colors there, too. Uh, probably not anymore. <laughs> I have a feeling that those probably went away, like, in the 50s. They have a special room there. <laughs> well, the, oddly enough, they do have a special room. <laughs> but... <laughs> I told you. I know. If you have a room, you have to pay attention for. Uh -huh. It doesn't have any of that. It has, but it, I mean, it has stuff that's almost as objectionable to the average 21st century person. You can see like full-blown stuffed giraffes and rhinos and all this. I mean, these folks. Back in the 19-something or others, had a lot of fun with big guns and bigger animals. Killing shit. Killing shit. Killing <laughs> for the sake of killing it. And uh, I don't think that you could keep the skin that intact while eating the meat. So I'm fairly certain that they just killed them. <laughs> Decoration. Uh, yeah. It was equal parts impressive and astonishing and horrifying. But it like I said, this is something that was from a different era. It kind of reminds me of Now, that. I just don't see a reason that anyone needs to do this. It kind of reminds Jimmy me Kimmel nailed this, it, though. Uh, you jack off. Yeah. <laughs> it kind of reminds me of... Uh, and I, it was, I know it's a... You know, if you're science-based and stuff, you can get into this stuff. I, I just couldn't see going to that... Uh, that exhibit they had with all the skinned people posed in weird... Oh, the bodies? Yeah. Uh, 
Yeah. You know, it's, I, I can't remember the name of it. Uh, you remember the it's called Bodies. Of it. Is it called Bodies? Yeah. 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 They don't go kill those people, though. I know, but those, still. Those people die. And they donated themselves, allegedly. <laughs> I just... I, it's just to me, it's just equally the same voyeurism that I just don't... I don't get it. I've never been intrigued like enough to buy the tickets for it, even on the Groupon level. You know, the wife is like, let's go see this. Like, eh. I've seen enough dead bodies. I haven't. I'm still pretty cool. Like I don't. <laughs> I don't really need to see it that well. I've seen. I've seen the the science books. That's good enough. Yeah. For me. yeah, yeah. But hey, everybody's got different levels of curiosity. Well, that's true. That's I, true. I do think though that Jimmy Kimmel said it pretty well. He's like, do you, you can't get an erection, dude? Yeah, yeah Bill for that. <laughs> you, you really cannot get an erection. You need, you need to kill something that big. They have a pill for it. Jimmy I mean, started crying, man. He, started, he, he did. He got a little choked up. A little, up. Yeah, a um, for Clint. Yeah. yeah. That's what the V. That's what I said. <laughs> no, I, I know. Oh, okay. That's for the riffraff out there listening. <laughs> All you unwashed masses. <laughs> That are out there hunting lions on a daily basis for sport. For all of you in Minnesota listening right now that don't hunt lions daily for sport, I apologize. There's probably a disclaimer that we can play later. The birds always confuse me too. It's like, really? You got a stuffed duck? I mean, if you're going to take a duck and stuff it inside a turkey... (laughs) <laughs> and stuff a chicken inside that stuff. <laughs> that makes sense. I get it. Let's, that makes sense. Yeah, let's, let's get greasy and have a great time. But if, I mean, you're stuffing what? Stuffing non-edibles and chemicals into I I just don't understand. I would love for there to be a photograph of me that lasts after I die. And I'm pretty sure that's going to happen now. I'm pretty sure that technology has reached a point where... Yeah. There will be a picture of me somewhere, somewhere down the road. Somewhere, yeah. I do not want my remains to be coursing with formaldehyde and whatever else, you know, glue or plastic or whatever else keeps me looking a somehow. Pole shoved up your ass yeah. like a stuck in a natural history museum. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, nothing about that sounds good to me. I gotta say, I think my skeleton would do well after the fact. I think my skeleton, my skeleton, you know, <laughs> given the right mounts and alignments, would probably look pretty good. <laughs> Everything I've added to the skeleton, really not so good. You know, of course, <laughs> of course, though, they'd be saying, you know, this is this is the era where they grew real big because you know you're a fucking giant, you guys. I'm, I'm surrounded by giant. I look like I, I've said this. I brought this up against the other day. So when I was at his wedding, I was like the shortest guy there. And I'm taller than you, and I'm telling you this. I was short, the shortest guy at my buddy's wedding. <laughs> I know of at least three people, but really like only three people that were shorter than you at the wedding. Yeah, there's only one that was maybe slightly darker than me. He's <laughs> definitely darker than you. Also a little shorter. But, I mean, who's counting? Who's keeping track of that sort of thing? Uh. So uh, uh, during the T-Bone's time out sports time, we've become the sport of hunting. Yeah, yeah. Poaching, basically. You know, the, the, big, the, the big sport five. of poaching. Yeah. 
We really, had, really, there's not a lot else going on. Well, you had the Tour de France since we last spoke. Oh, yeah. uh, we also had the uh, the CrossFit Games. CrossFit Games, <laughs> the Special Olympics World Games are going yeah, down in LA right are, now, are, including are, the half marathon coming up in Long Beach this week. They've had a couple. There was something today because kayaking here in Long Beach. Now there was something. There was some sort of bicycling. Here's what they've had in Long Beach so far: they've had the triathlon in Long Beach. They had a bicycling part of, as well as the triathlon. Uh, bicycling cut part of the streets down, down today, the right? Today, because we we the, they had the kayaking ended up down, down there by mistake. They had the kayaking down here again today uh, too, and they've had uh, something else down here. Uh-huh. Well, I tell you what. I tell you what, boy. <laughs> <laughs> I, I was really tempted to go to the beach volleyball last weekend, but well, it was just too. I, I hate driving downtown already, so. If you, they've done you've it, been traumatized. I have. I did the touristy shit the weekend before. It was a little brutal. If they'd done it, you know, at the pier, yeah. in like Flint. Asics is coming back to town, too. The Asics Pro Beach Volleyball is coming back to town. I love the the volleyball beach business that goes on. I do, too. There's a lot of fun that happens right there. Not only is there a lot of fun, the uniforms are really well done. Oh, they're fantastic. They're yeah. really you, well you done. Know, you get to you really really dig in the intricacies <laughs> of the strategy of the game. Like, oh, that girl's holding a number one yes. right above her ass. <laughs> oh, no, she's holding a number two right above her ass. Wait, this time, she's holding a one <laughs> right above her ass. I mean, the strategy is, is baffling. Phenomenal. Yeah. <laughs> I really couldn't couldn't possibly dig deep enough into the strategy of volleyball. Uh, you're listening to Swoops Run of the Talk Star Radio Network. We're doing T-Bone's time out. We're going to take a quick break. Listen to some Mary Shoals. This is called Beautiful Torch and Mass. We'll be back after this.
You're listening to the Talk Story Radio Network. And welcome back to Swoops Run on the Talk Story Radio Network. Timo! Well then, this is a slow time of year in the world of sports. We already talked a bit more than I would care to ever about <laughs> Deflategate. Uh, but I, done with that I shit. did get a good chuckle out of Tom Brady's Facebook post. Wait, wait, no, I'm sorry. I, like I, I don't want to interrupt here, but uh, before we go too much further... <laughs> uh, you know, AD had mentioned that the Dodgers are not in first place, and and fact check erroneous, <laughs> erroneous. Coming into today's game, because the Giants won earlier, uh, it was tied, but the Dodgers did win today, so they are half a game ahead. I'm just you know, for the sake of accuracy here. Well, the Dodgers you, are in first place. The Giants have not been in sole possession of first place today. Today, since, at any time since uh, the like a month and a half, two. It's almost three months. Like oh, almost since. But this goes back to May. In fact, been. breaking news, man. Twenty-two minutes ago, Billy straight Hamels. Rangers. I heard that they were the Cole front runners. Hamels of Rancho Bernardo High School in the northern suburb of San Diego. Uh, has now officially been traded from Philadelphia to the Tejas Rangers. The Rangers and the Phillies have played some fun pitcher swaps over the last few years. You know, uh, Cliff Lee went back, forth, back again, I think. Yeah, in something that like that, yeah. Arrangement. Yeah, I think he had a little trip to Seattle, maybe even New York, but he spent time with both of those clubs. And, wow, Cole Hamels, who just threw a no-hitter, what, three, four days ago? Yeah. Now, uh, and and... The Phillies had made it pretty clear that they would love to find anyone to take him off their hands. And then he throws a no-hitter. Uh, <laughs> and he's under contract, if I remember right. Uh, he's got like $7 million left on his contract, right? Well, he's got, well more, more importantly, he's got two years. So, like, right? If you get Cole Hamels, you don't get him just for it's the It's not next. a rent-a-player. No, no. You got him for the uh, – I'm pretty sure he's got an option. So, in theory – you could have him on your team for three more years. Yeah. Uh, but you're guaranteed two years. Like, well, this year and next year. And then the next year, he's got an option. He can option out. But if he's happy, he'll stay, right? So, like, that's different. That's a big, that's a big thing for uh, any team. Where yeah. This is not your typical trade deadline move that we see in Major League Baseball where you got guys who are on the last year of their yeah, deal. The contract year. And now. their team is already like, we're not making the playoffs. Ditch him, and, and we're not we're not going to pay him for next year. Yeah, maybe, gonna maybe read. we can get him back next season. They're not getting him back, but they don't have to pay him either. I mean, it's 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 a funny, weird, screwy thing. Uh, well, I like that AL East, man. Do you? Uh, I do. I really tell do. me more. Tell me more. Oh, I don't know. It's just it's just you know, there's like, so, does he have such a, a good teams there. That team in first place is six games ahead. Six games. And you know, that team in first place, they wear what, pinstripes? Yes, they do, yeah. actually. Uh, uh, no names on the back because they, everybody knows who they are. They're all superstars. There's a, there's a fellow on that team who maybe has dabbled in illicit activity during his time in Major League Baseball, but no, he just turned 40. Don't know of who you speak. Oh. <laughs> I know there's a DH out there. It's just crushing it. I'm right talking now. about Alex <laughs> Rodriguez, twice caught doing performance-enhancing substances. 
Twice. Twice. And it just, and it just goes to prove what we... But actually, his first apology was really good, so it bought him some time. Well, we've, well, we've said all along, though, we've talked about this... Everybody's doing many, it. Many, many times. Oh, yeah, that's true. <laughs> but uh, one of the things we said is, you still have to have the talent, you know. You, you know and the, he has talent in... A oh, lack of a better term. Space. The <laughs> <laughs> guy is just crushing. You know, and that year off actually did him good, man, because that gave it that did. gave that hip time he to really, needed, really He help. was legitimately hurt to yeah. a point where even his steroids could not make him feel better. Yeah. <laughs> and he needed a year off. I think it was the best thing possible for him. He's crushing it this year. He's having, having but, his best year offensively in every category in at least five years. But as we know, he's a friggin' cheater. Well, there's that. But most importantly, most importantly, and? is that when the playoffs come, he'll start. There's only one season that I've actually had to cheer for the guy. There's only the one season where he's come through. Every other time. And, and, and but I, you know that I, was I the this, odd I, year, you, you, for is, sure. This has, been my, this has been my mantra all along. Yeah, hey, listen, I appreciate you helping us get there, but goddamn, they pay you to fucking... <laughs> Play in October, you know what I'm saying? Uh, the, one of the interesting things I heard the other day, I was listening to the uh, self-proclaimed leader da, 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 da. Yeah, and uh, one of the shows there, and uh, one of the guys was saying that, you know, they were talking about A-Rod and, you know, this and another, whatever. One of the guys said one of the interesting things is, and, you know, take it with a grain of salt, but he says, uh, I know people in the locker rooms there and previously there, and whatnot, and he says, I'm going to say something that's going to offend a lot of people. He says, I know everybody loves Jeter, and he's a cap and everything. He says, I've talked to more people when it comes to baseball, when it comes to being a baseball guy and a baseball player, that will say, will tell you that A-Rod was a much better teammate in the locker room and a far better athlete, and he, they said Jeter should have actually – when A-Rod came, Jeter moved, 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 to third base. moved to third base and uh, let A-Rod play shortstop. I don't know that I agree with it, but I thought it was interesting. To, interesting uh, I don't see that. I mean, you know what? Multiple, I've heard multiple people say that as, a, as a far as baseball skills go, A-Rod's a better athlete. I, I don't know. He's a better athlete, but he's not a better fielder. <laughs> I don't know. A- he's better A-Rod player. has always looked a lot better doing it. I've seen Jeter make some amazing. Plays. Jeter was a better. He made some amazing, and that's plays. a tougher position to play. It's a it's, you know, from a from a. I think what they did was the right thing, I, uh, and I'm not disputing that. Yeah. I am saying that to a. I think I think A Rod could have done it. Well, but but, why would you? And regardless of who overall was the better player and who made the better plays, etc. There are guys who just look smooth, no matter what they do. And A-Rod's one of those guys. I mean, he has a... At the plate, he has a Griffey-like... Swing. Yeah. yeah. I mean, he has... he has His body was built to do that. And he looks so effortless and natural doing it that it makes you wonder why he ever bothered sticking anything into his veins. Um, in Not the his field, veins. Not his veins. Well, his ass. Whatever. <laughs> you know. But in the field, he doesn't necessarily look... As natural as he does at the plate, but he ha- there are guys who carry themselves in a way where they look like what they're doing is just. Well, what Jeter's G- Jeter, Jeter had- looks like a fielder. I mean, when he's playing in the field, yeah, yeah, but fielding, smooth. But, smooth. but fielding looks like work, even for guys to do it well. 
But A-Rod looks clunky doing the, the same things that... And he had nowhere near the range, I don't think, that Jeter had. He just... I thought he had a great glove. He had a great glove and a pretty good arm. But he didn't have the range, which is what you want in a shortstop. So that didn't make sense. I, I thought the Yankees made the right call there. I do too. You know what I didn't realize is that that huge contract that A-Rod, the, the first huge contract he signed, he was what, 20, in Seattle? 22 years old when he got, when he got to no, Seattle. Yeah. Yeah. Or, yeah. or the Texas. Which one? Either one. Take your pick. He was young. They're he both was 22 North. years yeah. old. The, the, uh, the, the Seattle, the now, Seattle one, right? I will say that if Jeter wasn't there... If Jeter wasn't there, I think A Rod could have played second. I mean, play short. He could have. He yeah. could have. But if you've got Jeter, Jeter was Jeter was a great shortstop. He was, a, yeah. Until he, until he started get brittle. So yeah. Was, and and comments about teammate in the clubhouse kind of stuff. We'll never know. We'll never know. Well, the yeah. thing is, is it it doesn't matter because you know there's there's talk about a lot of people in the clubhouse. It's matter what you do on the field. You don't have to like the guy in the clubhouse. I mean, it's like TV shows. You know, Bruce Willis and what's your name didn't get along in moonlighting, and it was a good show. <laughs> it's you know, Kobe. We all know the Kobe stories, but when they gel, when when him and Shaq and the, the team gel, they won championships and they're great on on the court. There's, I think, there's a lot to be said about what happens in the clubhouse, but it's not the, it's not the, the be all end all. You know what I mean? When the clubhouse becomes distracting, then it's a problem, right? Which. With like the rest A-Rod, it did, it did reach those points, but it wasn't so in the beginning. I mean, that happened a bit later. Uh, it's what's, going, what's going on with Puig right now? I, do, I think we, we had this on the show like a year and a half ago. I was like, I think Puig is going to be a problem. And I think, I think he's a great talent, but he's a problem. And but you, see, you, but, but you, you forget that... We had a guest on the show that said he's going to be the greatest baseball player ever. <laughs> First round Hall of Famer and all that kind of stuff. <laughs> well, sometimes you can't trust everything that our guests <laughs> Even our esteemed repeat. <laughs> but it is fun to banter about. Oh, yes. You know. Absolutely. Um, I, I think that in the, in the baseball world, Puig is... I, and I think AD had an incredible... All, albeit not necessarily original um, analogy today, which was Raul Mondesi. Yeah. A guy who was an obscene talent. The guy could throw the ball from the right field wall to the catcher the parking lot. on a freaking <laughs> Yeah. He could hit the ball from the plate to the parking lot on a freaking rope. But he was just too much of a head case. And... He became a distraction. Yeah, he he could have been a franchise guy, based on the tools at his disposal, and it just didn't didn't go that way. And I think that Puig is in more danger than ever at this point in his career of becoming that same thing because he has worn just about every single excuse thin at this point. I mean, yeah. Guys that leave the team and now all of a sudden you don't have that crutch or that crutch to lean on. Lame. Seriously, you're an and adult. They you pay know? you big bucks to get over it. And here's the other thing is uh, they made a freaking bobblehead doll. You got a bobblehead. Right. Yeah. Times 50,000. <laughs> yeah. Here's the other thing is uh, I think, you know, like recurrent injuries, you see, you see patterns. Like Griffey is a great example. Like – Here's a guy who got injured often because he was 
probably playing too hard. He was running into walls. He was diving head first. And he was admittedly, openly, stubbornly not doing things that other guys were doing. You know? Right. Not not to the point where he wasn't he wasn't juicing, but he was like hardly even lifting. Right. So so you ended up with injuries, and you're like, okay, so how did he get there? Okay. The kinds of injuries that Kemp had and that Puig are having are hamstring injuries, uh, lower back injuries. Those tend to be, honestly, injuries that are because you're not taking care of yourself. You're yeah. not doing when you're the game ends. Back. Oh, your abs are shit. Right. Or after the game, you're not doing the stretches you're supposed to do. Or before the game, you're not really doing the stretches you're supposed to be doing. And you're showing up cold and you're playing hard, which I don't think anybody will will, will no. criticize hey, Puig by saying the guy doesn't play hard. Yeah. But he doesn't do the other stuff. He doesn't do the prep. And again, if, if you're playing... If you're playing 60 games over six months, you can get away with that. You're playing 162 games over nine months. You have to do all these other smaller You know what they should do? Things. They should all read a book called Pain Free by uh, <laughs> well, Don't get on that. Don't get on that. The point, though, is that... Is this the one where the squirrel comes back? Oh, no, that's a really yeah. this, is, this is inside baseball here. <laughs> um, but the point is, is like a lot of like Pui's got a whole set of problems. He's 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 not doing on the field mentally what he's supposed to, but he's got the physical talent to do it. And then he's not off the field doing what he's supposed to. Um, and I love the guy as far as talent. He's great, but and I said this a year and a half ago. This guy is a distraction, and I, I hope it doesn't end up end up that way. But that's the road he's he- heading to. I mean, nobody will dispute his talent. The guy's a five tool guy. He's got, but he's got that ten cent head. <laughs> I mean, that's that's what it boils down to. He's this guy could be. We could be talking to, about him twenty five. I remember when I saw and blah 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 and. It's probably not going to happen unless this guy gets his shit together because he's not doing the things he needs to do. And I forget, I mean, no, no disrespect to AD. 32 million reasons is what he's got. Exactly. Yeah, that's a, that's a good chunk <laughs> of reasons. Yeah. yeah. I, I get by those reasons. Oh, my good friend had to leave? I get by those I, reasons. I don't care, man. 31, 31 and a half less. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm pretty sure that postage is cheap. I'm pretty sure the email is free. Yeah. Skype, also free. Um, you could hang out with these guys all you want off the air on, in the off season. What you need to do is show up and do the job that they're paying you this absurd money to do. And some people are not cut out for it as a job. I mean, we've seen it. Yeah, it's entirely the, the, possible. The yeah, list this, is long and, and uh, for uh, and distinguishing. And especially, all but especially coming from a country like Cuba, where there are there have been in the last sixty years so few economic options for people. But there's I mean, been a lot of there's been a lot of guys who've come here and made and made good. Yeah, there and have done been real well. But when that's your only outlet, where you can be like, okay, I can make some money and get the hell out. You know, see, there's a there's a part of you that is either built for it or not, and he just may not be. But see, Honestly, I, and I, only, might have I, and I, only, I only buy into a little bit about that, guys, because that, that's the story you say. Well, these guys need to 
They play basketball to get out of the ghetto. You know what? The ghetto is different than no, my point than is, the point communist is, Cuba, though. That's true. But many people have, have made, there's, let's not sell them short, there's thousands, hundreds of thousands of people who've left that environment and done sure. well for themselves. Not always in the sports world. Yeah. And so, if he's got the brains, and, the, and what he doesn't have is he what he doesn't have is the intestinal fortitude. Well, no, does he, does he have the first he part? The grit. Does he have the first? He's part? got the talent. I no, disagree. The first with part you said was brains, though. Does he? Oh, does he have? Well, that? he might not have that. But you know, oh, no, I think. No. I think. Yeah. I don't know. I ain't never met the man. <laughs> I think you might be right, though. I wasn't there. I don't know, though, GG. <laughs> I think you might be right, Swoop, in that for him, just getting out. Was his, that was is his enough? Thing. Yeah, like I'd made it. Yeah, like he he he. That might be his problem. Is and not. I don't mean his problem. I mean that might be why he's not succeeding at this higher level. Is he just wanted out? I'm out. I'm good. I'm good. Yeah, I, I've got millions, and I'm good. Realistically, and I don't. If he if he and if, he if may he not care of you right anymore. now. He never has to really. Find a job. The rest of it. unless he does something stupid and loses all that. Exactly. He, which in, most of them do. Which right. most of them do. But in theory, he's made more money than most Americans. Most Americans, the average American, will make in their entire lifetime. Yeah. He's yeah. made that in three, four years here. Mm-hmm. So, for him, maybe that's the thing. Maybe he's like, I'm good. I've done enough. I'm I'm there. I've made it. I don't need to do anymore. And maybe that is. I don't want to say the problem, but maybe that's why he's not doing what the three of us are going. Shit, man! I'd I'd, I'd go to that next level. He's he might be like, I don't need to. I've already done that. And, and if that's be, the case, then it, it could be like these. You, we, we've all seen stories of these actors and even some athletes who've had this, like this tremendous run for something. And then you see the stories why they left Hollywood. You know, they, okay, they they were on a show for like four or five years that made. Um, Shitloads of money, and then packed up the family and moved to freaking Minnesota somewhere, moved <laughs> to Salt Lake City. Yeah, and they're just chilling. You know, they don't, they don't yeah. care. They don't care about Hollywood anymore. They don't care about you know. They're raising their family. They they don't have to really work. They they can be in all their kids' stuff. They're just happy and content. And you know, you know, you, you hit the nail on the head. Maybe that's it. He's well, you did. You you're the one the first guy who went down the road. Yeah, like he's, that. He's, maybe he's, that's he's, maybe that's it. Maybe that's it Good for him. I. I love my idle time more than most, and I don't think I could just rest on money already earned, you know, right now. Well, I think, I think, you know, sometime down had the road. It, you've had it pretty good all your 30 plus years, right? You weren't, you know, you weren't, I mean, if you, if apples to oranges, you know, if, you, if you're. Uh, if, I'm not if, talking if about standard of living, I'm talking about yeah. boredom. I understand that, yeah. but if your if your whole thing was, you know, playing stickball and watching fifty seven Chevys drive by. <laughs> See, here's the hard thing. Here's the hard thing. Here's the hard thing. The three of us were athletes. The three of us were competitors. The three of us. Oh, we see it as like, well, if I could have ever gotten that level, if I could have gotten that far, I'd take full advantage of it. And I, I, and that's that. And I, and I don't think we're we're unique that way. I think there's a lot of sport fans who are like. If I could have, what would I have done? I mean, I know I tried as hard as I could, and yeah. I didn't have nearly that much talent, obviously. Uh, otherwise, you guys would be talking about me. Uh, <laughs> but had I gotten that far, and for him, it might be, this is good enough. But for us, we're like, shit. 
I could, I could, I mean, this guy could be, in theory, he's got the skills, the talent. He could be a Hall of Famer. He could be somebody that we're talking about years, but he may not, that may not be his thing. For us, that's a hard thing to watch. It's a hard thing to watch and like go, you've got that much talent and you're not doing it. And who knows exactly why he's not doing it. He might be dumber than a box of rocks, but but it might be the other thing we've just hit upon is that I'm good enough. Yeah. And we have a hard time with that because there's no way that any one of the three of us would would do that. (laughs) I know I wouldn't. I mean, and I'm pretty sure you two would either. It's like you said, AD, he talks about, see, if I had the talent and the ability, I would have played 20 years. I mean, you know, there's Junior Seahaw, Junior Seahaw played 20 years, but there's a lot of guys that played 20 years in the football league. I mean, Matt Hasselbeck, he played 18 years in NFL. You know, you got... uh, Oh, God, I can't remember his name. Played for the for the Rams. Uh, uh, Jackie Slater. Jackie Slater played twenty years. There's a number of guys. You know, if if you have the ability and you play a position where you can stay in the game and you're still having fun at it, why not? You know, yeah. I mean, why not? You know, Jabbar played twenty years in the NBA. Yeah. You know, I mean, he, he, he said, yeah, the last you know five years he was walking back. At, you know, but yeah. he, he played. He, he he put in twenty years of running up and down that court. And if you could do it. And that's something you love. Why not? Because they say, you know, pick a job, you know, pick a profession and something that you really love. And if you if you could do that, I'd, I'd stay in as long as I can. Now, you know, they talk about, well, you know, we, we used to talk about the head injuries and Trump traumatic brain injuries and stuff like that. There's a whole lot of guys doing, guys doing a whole lot of more dangerous stuff for less. For a lot less. For a lot longer. <laughs> Until they're dead. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. I ran into a buddy of mine I went to high school with in the gym the other day. You know, he's a captain or something now in the fire department. He's been running in fires for, you know, almost 30 years now. And he's still running into fires, you know. He's just, he's just not the first guy in anymore, but he's still in there. <laughs> yeah. There's a little bit. And I'm of that. bitching about 80 degrees tonight. <laughs> There's it's it's good to know that you still have a little bit of that edge in you. you yeah, know, I I think there are certain certain jobs and professions where that's a perk and a curse at the same time. You know, like hey, I'm I'm alive right now. You know, yeah. and. Professional sports, I don't think, is either of those. Professional sports is a fucking joke in the grand scheme of things. You, know? yeah. you get to literally do a kid's job, a kid's recreational activity. You get to dick around at it, but you know, not so much dick around because at the same time, you've got all these people paying a lot of money to expect you to do a lot of things. So it's it's a weird, weird fantasy land that these guys live in. Oh, it's just like uh, you know. It, it, I don't know the dangers of this this activity, but I a couple days ago, you know, I was looking. I was on Instagram, and I'm like, "Why is Mick Jagger trending?" Oh, it's his 72nd birthday, and they're on a tour, right? They're and absolutely I, on yeah. a tour right now. They're so doing like, a big, huge American tour. Yeah, right I'm now. like, you know, okay, so screw 20 years. I mean, these guys, what, are they about 50 years into business now? Yeah, crazy, yeah. <laughs> Good for them, though, man. I mean, yeah, they're, they're... Exactly, exactly. And as, as we've seen, they still put on a good show. I mean, they're and not... Every these... advantage of being a rock star. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think the only person 
who may have taken more advantage is Keith Richards. And oh, that's true. <laughs> and Lord knows, he, if Keith Richards is still alive, there's hope for everybody. Amen. Amen. <laughs> uh, you know, these, these guys that are playing sports that are lacking motivation. Yeah. I don't know. I, I got no sympathy for those guys. I don't, I don't no. have any sympathy either because I, I work with youth right now in my current job. And I try to tell them on a daily basis all kinds of things where I'm like, hey, dude, I've been there. You don't want to do what you're doing. You're wrong. <laughs> you really don't want to do that. I've already made that mistake. <laughs> and I, I personally hit my physical athletic peak relative to my peers at like 14. Like 12 to 14, I was a man among boys. Because I'm like, I was about the same size I am now. <laughs> well, I mean, uh, girth aside. I mean, I was, vertically speaking, I was the same. And so I I peaked early in that sense. And I I, I experienced the top of the whole thing, you know, in terms of that, that piss poor level. And, and then all, everyone caught up. And I was like, man, it was really cool to be better than y'all. For <laughs> Faster and stronger and bigger. And it was awesome. And now people are starting to catch up. Um, but I enjoyed the hell out of it while it happened. But I get how people can not be interested in it long term. Um, but I still want to smack them and be like, hey, right now, you're better than everybody, everybody around you. Keep being better. Like, pull your head out of your ass. Physically, everything is there. Just do it. Because while I was, I did. It's interesting you mentioned that. And, and, and I, you know, and there's times I listen to the, I don't know how you put it, the self-proclaimed leader. And I should take notes because, you know, I listen and I get these great stories and then I go, who, the, who was that? And last week I was listening to an interview with a former NFL player who went to, uh, I believe he was a Sun Devil at ASU. And I don't remember who he was. Um, but... They were talking about the the, the separation, the, him and the and the host was talking about the separation of talent. And he says, you know, when you were there, he said, you know, you made it to the NFL and you played, you know, 14, 15 years in the NFL. And he says, and uh, one other guy on your team was that. And he says, but you guys had a talented team. You guys were really, really good. Blah, blah, blah. He says, was there, a big, was there a big difference? Could you notice a difference? And he says, yeah. Yes, I could. He said, I had a coach tell me, you know, you're definitely going to, you're definitely going to play in the NFL. He said, there were guys on my team that were good. He goes, but I was head and shoulders better than that. And he said, not, he goes, I'm not being, you know, whatever. He says, you can tell. He says, even at that elite level, you know, playing, you know, Division One football, he says, you're playing with guys, and he says, and you're just something you have that they don't have. And even though we're a good team together, you know that, I have a shot at the NFL. He has a shot at the NFL. And none of the rest of those guys have a shot at the NFL. This is where they're going to peek out. Mm-hmm. And he says, and, you know, to talk about, you know, you know, everything's a matter of just millimeters as far as talent goes. He goes, no, because when I got to the NFL, he said gap was even deeper. He says, you know, there were guys on my team that I was like, I can't do that. I, I really can't do what that person can do athletically. And um, it, was a, it was a really interesting interview. I mean, it's like that – 
Because, you know, you, we, we, watch, we watch collegiate football, and I, and I watch it, and I go, oh, man, this guy's a beast. And then you go, whatever happened to that guy? I, I don't remember him in the NFL. I, I don't really follow Canadian football, but I think I would have heard if he played, played in Canada. And you realize, you find out the guy, you know, he tried out or didn't, you know, now he's, you know, he's a, the high school coach or teacher yeah. or somewhere. You I know? mean, it's, it's a, the, the gap the, is really bigger than we think it the is. The talent gap is enormous. Yeah. I mean, there are freaks and there are the rest of us. <laughs> and the rest of us have our different gradations of ability. But these guys that make it to that level are so otherworldly. I mean, it's, it's not even fathomable for the most part. I mean... The best high school football player that I ever... And I played against some great high school football players. I played against guys that are in the NFL still today and guys that spent considerable time in the NFL, guys that won Heisman trophies. And the best high school football player that I ever collided with spent three years at University of Arizona, and that was it. That's it. I mean, and this guy, he was a running back who wasn't as fast as Reggie Bush or as shifty, but he was the most complete football player at that position of anybody I ever played against. And I mean, I mean played against. Like we, the very first play of the game that we played against each other my senior year, this guy, I was supposed to blow him up and he blew me up and I had 20 pounds on him. And you know, there are people who have a different makeup physically and mentally. And well, that go, that goes back to Puig. Is it you're talking about a guy different pieces? Yeah, and you're talking about a guy with with all the talent in the world, but mentally he doesn't have it. And you talk about the separation between you know a guy, the guy that you said well, probably the best guy you played against in high school. Is it as AD would say the system he went to in Arizona? Or is it mental, or is it just that separation becomes so much greater at different levels of the sport? Yeah. And and I know NFL cookie cutter stuff. Like he'd be a he'd be a free safety, you know. In there, you run this speed and you're this much this many pounds. Right. I mean, he was a good running back, but he didn't fit. In the grand scheme of the unoriginal vanilla NFL, he was not that. You know, he, but they, they can't think outside the box far enough to move many of these guys outside of their comfort zone either. So yeah. it's bizarre. I don't know if you're close to wrapping up, but sure. I, I got one more. I got one more thing I want to talk about. And, and, and here, you know, we we were talking about the NFL and talking about the brand. And here's here's my issue. We we kind of talked about it last week. Uh, you know, anybody can coach when you like. So we're talking about this uh, hiring this first female coach in the NFL, right? Mm-hmm. And they make a big freaking deal about it and whatnot. And if she's qualified and talented, fine, so be it. But they only – she's only coaching preseason. She's only coaching uh, – uh, what do you call it? Uh, training camp and spring season ball. You know what? Give her the freaking job if she's got – you know, if she's got the talent – you know, give her the job. Why? Why are we? Why are they going? Oh, we hired our first female coach. Oh yeah, she'll be coaching uh, training camp and spring and spring and not spring uh, training camp and preseason ball. Well, you know what? If you hired your first female coach, keep her throughout the year. What, what is this crap? I mean, I don't. I don't buy into this. I mean, is it? Well, the problem is that it's all crap. 
Because it's all a dog and pony show. You yeah. Know? It's all about, look at us, we're doing this. Yeah, you're not doing shit. No. <laughs> it's horseshit. Yeah. If this chick has knocked heads and she's she knows her shit. Apparently she knows her shit. She's been coaching arena ball. So she played she played 14 years in a, in a female semi-pro league and then a couple years look, in, in some male the, semi-pro the, league. The NFL has no shortage of intern and part-time type spots. Right. Put her in one of those. Don't make a big fucking let's let's blow the trumpets and yeah we're we're, we're the, the greatest in, yeah glass she ceiling has been smashed. I mean, you know, I think her, if she's if she's not a, a a hire for your regular season team, she's not right. Not a press conference. Uh, I think I think the problem with the NFL uh, has become they they're they're sort of like the they're, they're sort of like the. Uh, Republican Party or the Democratic Party, like yeah, yeah, before we do anything, yeah. Before we do anything, let's just test it. Let's <laughs> test it. Let's just see how, how cold that water is. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I mean, it, it applies to everything. I mean, it's like, like, are we gonna really deal with these, like the the sayoff stuff? Are we really going to deal with concussions? Concussions are a legitimate part. Of the game, are we really? We talked about this. Was it last week or the week before? It's like, why doesn't every single team have two hyperbaric chambers? Ten, however, however many it is, the NFL can afford it, right? How come they don't have that in every single locker room? They have masseuses, they have uh, like. Ice baths. They have. They have everything else they need. Why? Why don't they do this? It's, we're gonna test the waters. We're gonna see what everybody's. Co- it's like, it, can this chick coach? If she can coach, throw, throw her out there. Yeah. And if she sucks, then she sucks. And if she's great, then she's great. But like, no, we're gonna, we're gonna, we're gonna test it. We're gonna feel it out. It's like. And large corporations do this. This is what large corporations do. They're like, well, we're gonna we're gonna roll out this new product, <laughs> Coke Zero something or other, and we're gonna see. And if people like it, then we'll roll it out for the whole. Yeah, you know, like, the whole no, country. you know, <laughs> this is sports. This is sports. The NFL has they're they're hiding and they're not they're not dealing with the shit that's the. They're not dealing with the problems that are there, but they're also not willing to like go for the glory. Because if some chick, imagine this, if some chick coach, that's probably not PC, <laughs> comes out, comes out and has just service ball pearl, yeah, and she's just, and she's just bitching, right? They're gonna be able to say, yeah, we knew that, yeah. we knew that, we just, and that's why we hired her because we knew that exactly, oh. or. She sucked. Own it. You know, she wasn't ready. She didn't but have the talent. Many, blah, blah, blah. How many it's like one way the other. coaches did they hire that sucked? Yeah. It's like, okay, he sucked. We fired him. Let's just roll it Let's out. We yeah. think she can do it. We're going to invest. We're going to get behind her. We're going to, and we're going to, we're going to, just like, we're going to let the junior sale family come out and say what so they need to say because you know why? There's a problem in the NFL. And here's what's fucked up about that. Guys who are playing, they it's it's almost like smoker. If you smoke cigarettes anytime after like the late sixties, you know it you causes it causes lung cancer, right? 
guys who play football know there's a possible possibility that by the end of your career, you're going to have some head trauma. And the longer you right. play, you what play. do you mean you're supposed to know that? Yeah. So, what are they? What are they running from? What are they? What are they afraid of? The factories are still there. You know, the Nebraskas, the SCs, and UCLA's, and Notre Dame's, they're still football factories. There's still people who are going to play. The NFL's going nowhere over the next 50 years. So admit, we have an issue with this, and we're going to we're going to put some band-aids on it. We're going to give you some hyperbaric chambers. We're going to we're going to address yeah, it. We're going to address it. But when you but show up on the field, let's say house family talk. Right. And when you show up on the field you know at whatever level, you know right. that there's this chance. I mean, shit. We've had this conversation too. All of us when we played high school football. I played today. You brought home that did, did you? Maybe you're older than us. But you and I definitely we came home and there was this thing. My mom flipped I, I, out. I, I, My mom so, flipped out. I, how old do you think I am? We had the same parental thing they had to sign. We said you, you could die. There was a listen. You, you could you die. My fresh, my <laughs> <laughs> the point is. Right, the point is <laughs> that shit's not new. It's not my freshman new. My freshman year of high school, right as the season started. This is the same year that Brian's song came out. Uh, <laughs> the original. The original Brian song. Billy D. Williams and, uh, uh, what's his name? Uh, what's his name? Uh, I can see his hair, curly hair. Uh-huh. James Conn. James Conn. Uh, his son plays on Hawaii football. Um, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, there was a kid somewhere in the Midwest that died. And, uh, there always is. Died, right? So the, the, team, the, the coaches got the team together and basically said, yep, somebody got hurt, somebody died, but if you don't play hard, you're definitely going to get hurt. Yeah. <laughs> probably gonna and you're probably going to die. So this weekend, uh, we're, we're going <laughs> to go to coach's house and watch Brian's song. We watched Brian's song as a team. <laughs> uh, we, we just had to watch Remember the Titans as a team. Oh, I got it. <laughs> That's right, you're right. I was going to yeah. say, I watched that with my son. Oh, wait, yeah, that was the year 2000. Yeah. So, Which is a great movie. It was a great movie. They blocked out the whole theater for our team to come in oh, and watch I love it. that Because that was, you know, small town shit. Hollywood. <laughs> hey, Hollywood. <laughs> you're killing me, Smalls. <laughs> yeah, I love that movie. Oh, good movie. Where you at, bro? I'm done, man. Right. We're fine. We're good. We've covered the, 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 the world of sports, we as, sports. More, as we do more it. More than anyone could ever expect exactly. us to. Exactly. There you have it. Another edition of T-Bone's Timeout. Listen to Swoops Roll on the Talk Story Radio Network. We're going to take a quick break and come back and wrap things up. This is uh, Brent Michelle. This is called I Choose. Back up to this. This song's called I Choose. I can see the stars tonight. Close enough. Not lining up right. Just like my. People don't listen so good though. Something's wrong. 
this weekend. Going to Mammoth for the beer festival. Oh, nice. I'll try, I'll try to keep records. I know, it's already here, man. Fuck. I still haven't even looked through my pictures from last year. Literally. I don't it's the life you choose to live. It's the one that you strategy still ignore and disrespect because I mean I've played that game for your own sake We'll talk about this some other. <laughs> uh, Welcome back to Zeus World. We're back, <laughs> We're back bitches. <laughs> Next week on our show, calling in from across the pond, Ty, hey. Ty Paul Eager. And, uh, Eager? Eager? I got to I pronounce it correctly. He is a regular on our good friend, uh, Xander Gibbs show, Xandermonium. You can check them out on Saturdays uh, on blogtalkradio.com. Uh, you know, different times for different parts of the world. So check it out. Just Google Xandermonium or find them on Facebook and uh, listen to them. And then uh, Tyler will be on our show next week talking about his book. Peter, any great last words of wisdom for our listeners? No, man, I'm tapped. I'm tapped. See, this is, this is all the same. Peter never has been all of his wisdom. He has used a lot of words tonight. I, I, have, to, I have to admit. I have to admit. Peter on had a, a night that you were here. I mean, that, that, that's, that's... Give me some credit. We talked a lot. We talked baseball. You know, yeah. We talked uh, youth. Well, you talk toy, doyers. He gets... He, 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 he cranks up. Viva los doyers. Yeah, he, gets, he gets fired up. He talks doyers. I have no further words of wisdom either, other than just, you know, the usual <laughs> Dream as if you'll live forever. Live as if you'll die today. Good night, all. See you next week. Peace. The views and opinions expressed by the individual hosts and their guests do not necessarily reflect those of Talk Story Radio, its affiliates, or sponsors. 